0: Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable podcast. We are here recording episode 23, Death Across Cultures. So we're going to be digging deep today, maybe getting a little dark on this episode, uh, discussing how different cultures um, deal with and also celebrate death. Um, And I am here with my amazing co-host, my good buddy, Jared. What's going on, Jared?
1: Hello. Hello. Yeah, it'll get deep. It'll get a little deep that's okay. You know, we can get deep. <laughs> for sure. Uh, first off, by the way, I just wanted to uh, thank Jeff for being on the two episodes with us. He was fun. I had a lot of fun with Jeff. Me too. And uh, hopefully we have more guests coming for you guys in the future. We uh, That's the plan. We, we, we're trying to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. So uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, and if you want to see pictures from, our t- from uh, the On the Road Again episode, go to our Instagram, which is untranslatable podcast, or you can tweet us at untranslatable one. Um, I usually tweet out things like the song of the pod. By the way, the, the Czech song of the pod that we had a couple weeks ago, I don't think it was Czech. I believe it might have been even from Singapore. And then the YouTube video that you sent me, which I was gonna uh, gonna tweet out, mm-hmm. it uh it freaking disappeared. The song that YouTube link doesn't exist anymore, and Uh I could not find a non live version of the song. So that one interesting was did not get tweeted out, but in general, I will tweet out (laughs) (laughs) all of the uh, songs of the pod and sometimes some words and and whatever stupid jokes come to my head. Or you can email us at at the untrans email us at the untranslatable podcast at gmail.com. Tell us your untranslatables. We uh, love to hear them. Tell us stories of travel. Tell us whatever you want us to talk about. We'll, we'll read it. We'll talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did you hear about uh, Nike's new campaign? Oh,
0: dude. I was, I was going to ask you about that <laughs> as well. Of course I did. I think it's, uh, I think it's great. They're supporting Cap with, uh, yeah. with everything. Also, I love the fact they're supporting Serena Williams. I've been a fan yes. of hers. I'm a tennis player, so I've always been a oh, fan right. of hers. I forgot yeah, about dude. That. I mean, she is by far one of the best athletes and female tennis players out there. Yes, um, I the loved dog. the
1: I loved the you know she got uh, the that cat suit that she was wearing got banned, which apparently from what I heard was a medical thing. But anyway, hmm. um, the cat you, suit. You know that what's she was- I,
0: you know what's ironic about the cat suit though, man? If you look at pictures of older tennis players from probably the '80s or the '90s, they wore cat suits. They were just white. I was just about to say. And, and when weren't. I say they were white, I mean the clothing was white and the tennis players were white. So yeah, I was about to say. Check your One major bit. difference. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But then she killed
1: it in the tutu, which is amazing. Yep. That was awesome. <laughs> but, um, the, so, so Nike, uh, they they had a, they, you know, their campaign is surrounded around Kaepernick mainly, but there's also Serena's included in it, OBJ, um, Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants mm-hmm. is included in it. And there is a picture that they tweeted out that says, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing
0: everything. And ooh-wee. A lot of snowflakes What's were that? triggered. <laughs> and when I say snowflakes this time, I'm not referring to our, our stereotypical liberal snowflakes. It's oh, so man. funny, man, that, that so many conservative people um, throw that term out, and then they get so easily offended by something. Bur- people, they love to burn shit. They... I know, right? <laughs> burning their shoes. What else did they burn? Weren't people like throwing their koirigs, their however you say it, the coffee oh, makers? Yes. yes. That was yeah. a thing for a while. Yep. Yeah. Um what There else? there were not only were they burning stuff,
1: but there were people literally cutting off the um the swoosh. Yeah, yeah. what I love about uh, a conservative boycott is it usually requires buying the item first, <laughs> <laughs> right. and then oh, destroying it. I know. And Nike or Kierik's like, we already got your money. At this point, right. you
0: can do whatever you want to it. Oh, and the memes were just all over the place. Oh, there were so many funny ones. Like I saw this one, this one meme with this guy that was, it was just like the guy, like, um, uh, shoot, the 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 Asian doctor from The Hangover. Oh, yeah, Ken Jeong is his real name. Thank you, yes. So, Ken Jeong, there's one where he's, like, in the back of the classroom, and I think it was the original meme where he's, like, you're gay or, like, something like that, right? Oh, yeah, where he's, like, yelling, gay. Right That one, thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one where he was, like, yelling, it was, like, you already bought Nike shit, like, they don't care or something. <laughs> I just thought that was so great. I, I,
1: I wondered, it made me think about, though, um, like, how... Other countries react to similar protests, or if it happens in other countries. Because I, I know that countries like France and Spain are kind of like notorious for always
0: having some sort of protest going on. Right. And, um, but see, see, man, I think they're protesting things that actually matter. Like, not like, oh, we're going to support right. a black athlete that.
1: It's like unions are like trying to make, make more money for like teachers and stuff Ex- like exactly,
0: that. Exactly. Exactly. And then we get angry about a guy taking a knee. Not not a middle finger during the national anthem, not <laughs> a funny. you know what I mean like nothing like I think I think what he did and the tweets are probably going to come in, Jared, so be ready. But I think what he did Bring was it. actually very respectful of. of I, the I'd argue it's more respectful. I would too. I, I mean, mean, for example,
1: yeah. you go to a Catholic church, and when it mm-hmm. comes to certain praying sessions, sections, you're supposed to kneel down. Right. And it's like that shows an extra sign of respect over. Exactly. But it's not once, you know, it has nothing to do with uh, what he's, it it just has to do with the whole image of some black dude, some rich black guy saying, F you guys. I mean, he's not even saying that, but it's like, that's what they, uh, that's what they see.
0: Right. Well, I I don't remember if it was LeBron James or who it was, but, but some black athlete said, you know, we protest peacefully. You say we're doing it wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. we go on a march, you say it's wrong. You know, we start a riot. Obviously, riots are pretty, pretty bad for a lot of reasons. But like basically his whole point was no matter what a black man does in America, any way he tries to protest legally and correctly, white people, especially conservative people, tend to like think it's wrong. And it's like what's also ironic, if you if you do a little research online, Tim Tebow kneeled during the national anthem against uh, people who were um, for abortions and you didn't see any conservatives say, oh, he's, disre- he's disrespecting <laughs> that flag right there. You know? That's because I mean, Tim Tebow is uh, God's right-hand man. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just, to me, it's it's like, w- the the other thing too that just boggles my mind is I've talked to my dad who is an army vet, my uncle who's an army vet, and they all said no. What Colin is doing is right. I mean, that's why people will sacrifice their lives for this country is for him to exercise his right of free speech, you know. And Rams. I think the fact that he talked to a marine—I think the guy yep. was a marine, right? And, and I believe so. But that's what I was going to say. Yeah, right. Good. So, Go so it'd be one thing if he was just like sitting there with his arms crossed. But, like, the Marine told him, you know, the respectful thing to do is to kneel. So I think it's really interesting how many people will say, oh, it's disrespecting the flag, and they don't even listen to the argument. You know right. what I mean? Right. So you're saying that the Marine that you
1: claim to respect that told them that this would be the respectful way to protest is also, a, uh, like, is, is he – what do you guys think about him? Because you want you, – what you're talking about is respecting people like him in the flag – but mm. there are i mean there are thousands of people like him saying that like no this is why we this is exactly why we fight right and and it's like so it's it's i mean it it it, it just shows the it's not even ignorance it's just the willful it's the it, it is ignorance it but it's like ignorance. willful ignorance yeah. it's
0: it's exactly it's like the, the when you are given information that is very factual and i mean it's very easy to prove nowadays with the internet And, like, they're just like, nope, like, that's fake news, alternative facts. Like, that's, yeah, I just don't understand that. And the other irony, too, though, I'm sorry for interrupting. The other irony, too, though, is most people, excuse me, most people in the military also think what he's doing is right. So I feel like if you're in the military and that's not bothering you. I think it's funny that these these so called patriots are the ones like boycotting <laughs> Nike well by boycotting they're like burning their Nike clothes they've already paid for. I and know. uh it, yeah, to me it's just so hypocritical. Like y- you call yourself a patriot, yet did you serve for this country? Like you know what I mean? Like Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like and it's so funny how you're the patriot
1: yet you're disregarding the military that uh you claim to claims to be the the most important part of America or whatever. Right. There was a guy that um that burnt his shoes while he and, was wearing them. Yes. Yeah. And got legitimate third-degree burns on his feet.
0: <laughs> I just—that's a whole nother level it's of like, stupid. What did you think right was going to happen there? Right. Uh, I saw this hilarious meme that was like, uh, um, like. Trojan condoms, please do not support Colin Kaepernick because we need to make sure these people are wearing condoms.
1: <laughs> okay, I saw that too. That was just too <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. Just hilarious. There, there is so. <laughs> that said, no, Nike is not going to miss your pair of Air Monarchs that you buy every three years, which is right. like the old man shoe. Right?
0: The dad <laughs> shoe, man. That is, like, that is like the dad shoe, the Air Monarchs. I think my dad owns like two or three pairs of them. I'm not even joking. But I think this
1: statement is huge because, I mean, Nike realizes that they're quote unquote picking a side. Right. Oh, but it's like, but it's like, yeah, we're picking this once again, quote unquote. I want to make it clear that I'm doing air quotes when I say this, picking a side, because there really shouldn't be a side. But anyway, I mean, there is. But right. uh, It's a it's I think it's a bold move. I mean, there are a lot of companies and people out there that try so hard to satisfy both sides and satisfy everyone like for example uh uh, michael jordan who actually is part of nike kind of right uh he a while ago had a quote saying you know white people buy nikes too Mm -hmm. and um and i i think it's it's you know this is not it is a black and white thing but it's not really it shouldn't be and so i think it shouldn't be i agree I think it's really cool. It's only a black and white thing because he's talking about black people being shot, but you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like right. supporting him should not really be a black and white thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's great for 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 Nike to do that. It's it's you know it's rare. It's it's a big thing for a company to be like, no, this is this is who we're supporting. And I and 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 even before the um, this campaign came out, I love the way that they support
0: uh, Serena. Oh, for it's sure, great. I love for it for sure. I mean, I've always been a big Nike fan for a couple of reasons. One, my cousin actually used to work for Nike. I don't know what she actually did there, but so, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was always wearing Nike stuff. But two, one thing I read online that I think is also very true, I think Nike tries to represent younger people, and they try to be a little flashy. Maybe even Mm -hmm. some people could even use the adjective, like, rebellious. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. And so, I mean, people would consider what they're doing rebellious Oh, for right sure. Now. But the other crazy thing is I've heard that their Nike stocks have gone up, and young people have invested way more money in Nike now because of all this. Yeah. And honestly, man, I, like, I really hope by the time we're in our, our, our I'm going to say 40s because we're not that far from 30 at this <laughs> point. Dude, I've been thinking about that too, Pat, since my crazy. birthday. Right? Oh, my God. Right? I'm no longer in my mid how, or How early was that, by the
1: way? We never really talked about it. Uh, it was pretty uneventful. That was the day I um, went to the museum and I hung out with a friend. That's but it was, right. I, okay. It was pretty uneventful. I'm not
0: a big birthday celebrator. Right. I'm not really either. Um, actually, there's a really, really funny... Um, um, Chris De... Is it Delia Uh Oh, Chris Delia. De'Elia, thank you. I should know this because I love his comedy. But um, Chris Delia had this really funny sketch or, or, or bit about... like. When you get to a certain age, like you shouldn't be inviting me to your birthday party. Like, it's really (laughs) funny. It's so true, though. Like, you know,
1: I definitely thought about that because I'm like, at this point, I'm now on to just celebrating
0: the 10 year, the decade milestones at this point. Same. Well, same. And actually, what's funny is so my birthday actually falls on the same day as another teacher here in the Czech Republic that I'm friends with, and he's turning 30. So for him, it's a big deal. So, like, we're actually going to, like, Get a nice place in Prague and like have a good time. Like oh, invite cool. a bunch of other teachers. You um, could draft a off, of, yeah, draft off of his birthday. <laughs> right, well, that's basically what I told him. I was like, dude, I'm happy to share the big three zero with you. You know, because I'll be turning twenty seven, which isn't that special. Although if no. I was a rock star, yeah, that's be a careful. Very good I mean, thing. we are podcast rock star. Right, <laughs> right? Right. You better text me the day after my birthday. Make sure I'm all right, buddy. <laughs> oh my oh, god. My that's gosh. Funny. That's Chad's funny. in the Twenty Seven
1: Club, from uh, <laughs> Start first the podcast. The... <laughs> Twenty Seven Club. Oh man! I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how we'll be the first podcast in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's true. We'll That's also be the point. first podcaster in the Twenty Seven Club. <laughs> so I oh wish we would have
0: mentioned this later because that would have been a great segue into our main topic That's today. But, uh, but speaking I wish though.
1: I, I wanted to ask you about, uh, uh, we can talk about it tomorrow. Well, we'll uh, not, not
0: tomorrow. I I said tomorrow. We're not even talking
1: about it. We can talk about
0: it uh, later, but I All do right. have something I want to, but, uh,
1: never, sounds we'll, good, man. We'll bring
0: it up later. Sounds good. I have a couple other things though I want to bring up before we get to our untranslatables. Um, okay. I'm glad you brought up the Nike thing though, because that's a big deal. Big mm-hmm. thing that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, my uh, the- social media has been on fire like that guy's feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. That's
0: too funny. Oh my gosh. I I, I hope so, but I just... Yeah, I'm glad it's not your actual feature. Jared. But um, (laughs) I also wanted to ask you, have you heard about the big album drop that came out recently? Eminem? Yeah. Have you listened to it at all? I have not.
1: See, I... I, I, I respect Eminem's music, but I don't consider myself a big Eminem fan. Okay. And so, like, I used to like his old stuff. Like, I listened to, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that came out when we were in middle
0: school and stuff like right. that. same here. It, but I Which, in never... hindsight, we should not have been listening to that shit no, in middle school. No, no. My, par-
1: my parents need to have a visit by Child Protective Service. <laughs> <We're> right. <laughs> but uh, I heard that the new one, I've heard mixed reviews on the new one, and I heard that... Uh, He's got into a little beef with Machine Gun Kelly, and there he's was some... got into a uh, beef
0: with, it seems like, everybody, dude. He was that, just... That's, I did hear that, he too. He was yeah. calling <laughs> out so many people. Although, I also have to say, he did um, praise Kendrick Lamar, I think J. Cole, and a couple other guys. Okay. Well, I, I like both of those guys. Right. Same. And I I, I feel like Kendrick is just on another planet. Um, For sure. I he's he's think J. Cole favorites. is, too, to be honest yeah. with you. Oh, Definitely.
1: But, uh, I, I, yeah, Kendrick's, it, both of those two are two of my favorites, what's, too. What's
0: ironic, though, about the whole Machine Gun Kelly beef is, like, I feel like they're not even, Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly are no. not even close on playing on level playing fields. Like, like no, no. One of the things Machine Gun Kelly, because I actually listened to his Rap Devil track, which obviously was like a kind of play on Rap God, right? Right. Because M's the Rap God, he's Rap Devil, I guess. <clears throat> but the thing is like he argues that Eminem hasn't put out like significant music in the last decade. He hasn't really been saying much with his music which like I'm no like musicologist. I'm I'm not like a like a you know thoroughly versed in like, you know, hip hop, you know, like history or anything like that, but like I feel like the stuff that he put out even before a decade ago was like Big mm-hmm. enough where it doesn't really matter to me if he put out like amazing stuff in the last decade. You know, I
1: agree. I mean, I I think even this. I mean, if we say up to two thousand eight, which was ten years ago, mm-hmm. I would say that he's a ele- he's already made legend status by that time. Like oh, he'd for already sure. secured his spot as a legend with right. the
0: albums that he had before then. And and also too, I mean, I, the other thing too that that like you know some some of our friends at Albion. Who, who are black, like a lot of them liked Eminem. And I feel like to be accepted in the hip hop community as a white guy, I'm sure is not easy. No, you know what I no. mean? Like there's a, uh,
1: so I, <laughs> I there's a, a, comedian. I like, he has a podcast, Damien lemon, and him and his co-host uh, Ali Muhammad are talking about how they used to be uh white rapper racist is what they called him. Okay <laughs> and uh but but they're like yeah and I mean I, I I I I it's hard not to give Eminem uh his props but it's also hard for me not to be white rapper racist to Machine Gun Kelly he's like they're like I barely know
0: this dude Right <clears throat> I, but I just uh, I like I one one I'll just put it out there I don't really listen to Machine Gun Kelly I don't really I don't listen either. to that much Eminem now anymore either. If I do, no, I, I go either. back to the old stuff, like uh, yep. like without me or like Marshall Mathers LP, like mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Um, but it's just like, yeah, like. But I heard the only reason why Eminem called out Machine Gun Kelly was because he was saying shit about his daughter way back when on Twitter or something. Oh. Which it's like, all right, like you know, as a dad, you got to respect your, got to respect your girl. You know, I mean that that makes sense. Yeah,
1: Um, Eminem also doesn't seem like the kind of person I'd want to mess with. To be honest with you. Oh, it's so stupid, dude! (laughs) Like, that's that's like, especially since he made. I mean, forget the fact that I mean, he made his mark as a battle rapper. That's like this dude is known for destroying people. Like that's what he does. Apparently,
0: Machine Gun Kelly hasn't seen Eight Mile. (laughs) You're right. Apparently not. (laughs) But yeah, it's just to me. Yeah, I just don't get because he. He doesn't give any any fucks, Eminem. Like he will destroy you on the mic. Like, Speaking of giving no fucks, he used another uh, no no f word in his Eminem uh, in his album. Oh yeah, which is also interesting because a bunch of people were calling him homophobic and everything like that. And then once again, Elton John defended Eminem like they're good friends. Really? Yeah. Seems like an interesting yeah. hangout. It, 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 <laughs> for sure without a doubt. But it's interesting because. I mean, I think culturally, the, the, and we'll have to do, we've already talked about this, we'll have to do an episode on how words change through time. Because I think, I think that other F word and the F word Jared's referring to is faggot has definitely changed a lot over time. I feel like, I feel like in the early 2000s, people were just throwing that word around all the time. And I feel like nowadays, like people are like, you really shouldn't say that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I I'd, I'd argue that even when people were throwing it around, they probably shouldn't have said it. Well, no, I I agree with you. I agree with you a hundred percent. But I think, back but it is then, interesting
0: to see that that progression. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And he and he was using that word a lot on the on the album because I've been listening to some of. Oh, the, was he? I thought it was just yeah, once. A lot. I thought I thought it was a lot, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah. And then he make, he makes fun of Tyler, the creator. I think for also being gay, which I also did not know Tyler, the creator was gay. Uh, I think he claimed to be bi or something. Okay. Like that. Fair enough. I mean, I don't really listen to a lot of his stuff. Yeah, either, I'm but, not sure, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's interesting though. But yeah, like why would you, why are you going after Tyler, the creator? what did he do to you? Right. <laughs> I think, I think he might. Usually I think they say something to Eminem. I feel like he's not oh, going to come after you for no he, reason. You right, know what I mean? All right. That's fair. Didn't that's he fair. basically like destroy Ja Rule's career? Did he? I, I, what, I tell me about tell how I read I read somewhere, it, it might have been hold up. We'll we'll consult our our all-knowing good friend Google here. did, <laughs> did MM um, hilarious. ruin though. ja rules. <laughs> I thought it was ja rule, but I could be wrong. Um oh what about doing oh, on uh-oh. my baby? Uh oh, here we go. The first thing that popped up, and it was from genius.com, which I think is I I like genius.com. I think it's a fairly credible website. According to Genius.com, Eminem has not ruined anyone's career. Um, uh, okay. Interesting. So why do people keep saying insert popular rapper can't fuck with Eminem because Slim would destroy his career? Give me one rapper's whose career actually took a nosedive after being dissed by Eminem and not Ja Rule because that was mainly contributed by um, 50 Cent. Interesting. 50 uh, Cent is also he, – he, 50 Cent is ruthless. Right. Like he is a I
1: mean I think the right word is asshole. Right. But he is ruthless with his insults to people. He gives like legitimately zero fucks given. Right. Ja
0: Rule's out there saying many freguista. Every day. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, well, here's what some uh, people argue on genius. M has a big enough fan base to make someone hated. Let's say he and this is just for example. Let's say he disses Rick Ross, everyone starts to hate Rick Ross and laugh at him. Rick Ross rep- replies with, "This is kind of an interesting view, and this is not mine. I'm just reading off a genius." Uh, Rick Ross replies with being racist, probably, and talking about Haley, Kim, and Dre or Fifty or something. Stans, which are what people refer to as Eminem fans, Stans mm-hmm. start to hate him, and M is legend, respected by legends. Um, so Rick Ross uh, will go downhill. Yeah, I think that's a hard argument to. I'm not, uh,
1: I, For like, if, and I don't. I mean, how impressionable are these people? Because if right, I were to hear, for, for example, sure. if I were, if I were a, a big fan of both Rick Ross and Eminem, and Eminem insulted Rick Ross somehow, saying he's a terrible rapper or whatever he says, that is really going to have no, if I already like the guy, that's going to have no effect on whether I listen to his music or not, because it's like, I already like it. Right. And so just because someone I also like is now shitting on him, like, I don't like that per se, but that's right. not going to stop me from listening to either of you guys if you guys are both bringing that fire.
0: Right, exactly, <clears throat> I think yeah. The kids I think say. I think that's definitely a part of it too. Like if you still bring out good music, I think you could even maybe have beef with Eminem and still come out all right if you're still coming up with good music. You know, good music is first and foremost. Oh, I for mean, sure.
1: For example, Drake got destroyed in a beef. And uh, a couple weeks later, people are
0: dancing outside of their car doors. <laughs> right? Did you see? I saw a couple of videos of people legit getting hit by oncoming traffic. I they saw were that, too. It's like, I how stupid are you? Did these people, not, did their parents not tell them, don't play in the street? I also saw one where a car uh, did not stay straight. <laughs> I could easily see that, too, for sure. Yeah, that's One of that's my favorite crazy.
1: a line that still kind of makes me laugh, though, is when mm-hmm. Pusha T, did you hear that diss track? What? Uh-uh. Oh, he did pusha T. There was the, the beef between Pusha T and Drake. Okay, and uh, Pusha T put out a, a diss track that really destroyed Drake because Pusha T held back nothing. It okay. was he talked about how like your friend has MS and he's like he 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 made a quote like tick 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 how long does he have left saying your friend's gonna die. Oh, damn. He was talking. Apparently Drake has a kid and then there's a line in there where he's talking about how. Um, how you had a, a daughter Or a son with a um, with, with a stripper Or a stripper, star right? or, oh, a stripper okay. or whatever yeah. And he's like this line That just goes You are hiding a child <laughs> Oh wow Interesting <laughs> And he's And it's, it's He just destroyed J- Drake That's so crazy But man. it didn't matter Because everybody loves Drake And Drake came out with right. an, I mean people like Pusha T too But Drake's too popular Right And Drake came out With an album A couple uh, weeks later didn't, People are Dancing the Kiki Outside their windows right. I feel like didn't, didn't Eminem Also diss Drake He might have I Probably. could be wrong I mean, Drake seems like the kind of person that would get dissed by Eminem for sure. <laughs>
0: right. Well, yeah, but see the the thing that's interesting about Drake and I also I don't want to put Drake and Post Malone in the same category cuz they're way different, but I feel like both of them rap about like being like sensitive feelings. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like back in the day like rappers weren't no. they weren't going to do that, you know. Get that, that soft shit out of here. Exactly. You know what's also yeah. funny? I like rapping about feelings, though. Right? I, I Same. like it. Same here. I it's, do it's, too. It's, there's more reality to it right. than... We're, we're human. Well, well, Kid Cudi has a great quote. I think he was doing... He he was either doing an interview somewhere or maybe even a podcast, and he said, like, rapping about money, rapping about cars, rapping about, you know, like, girls. He's like, that's irrelevant. Like, like we want to make good music that everybody can relate to. Because, like... Right. Right. Let's be real. How many people got a, a six car garage filled with all these you know, like fancy <laughs> whips? Well, well yeah, but not everybody's UJ. So you know. But yeah. That's so, why I
1: only listen to Rick Ross and other big timer rappers. Exactly. Exactly. Uh yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, that's why I like people like J. Cole and Kendrick raps about some of that stuff too, but oh for sure. I mean, his stuff seems pretty realistic when he's rapping about it. and oh, he sure. raps about it more from a Trying to get out of it, perspective also, right? Uh, Which and, I and, think is being very like, real. We shouldn't for a be lot of living people. like this sort of, exactly. sort of
0: angle. Exactly. I are, I respect that a lot. Can, can I ask you uh, something kind of unrelated? But what is your favorite Kendrick album? Ooh. Uh, see, I struggle between. Uh,
1: I mean, the three—they're uh,
0: all good. That's why it's so difficult. They're all really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd have to go with. Man. <laughs> I I'd probably say though, I? Um, because I, I don't think the Good Kid Mad City is the best. Well, I didn't I, ask
0: you what the best one, your well, that's personal right. that, that's, favorite. That's,
1: that's that's true, that's true. I might have to say Good Kid Mad City. Okay. And then that's I a might great have album. To, and then I might have to go with I, I struggle between damn and to pimp a butterfly. Okay. Because I, I like to pimp a butterfly a lot. Mm-hmm. But damn, kind of seems like a continuation of it more than anything to okay. me. Okay,
0: Inter- Yeah, I could see that because it starts with him, okay.
1: like the album starts with him mention, like it starts with him having like those, uh, or or like the news article, the news segments talking about how, like quoting his his lyrics from the previous epi- uh, uh, album and saying right. how like uh, and kind of growing off that. I feel like okay, so maybe I'd go, to, uh, Good Kid, Met City. Okay, Damn to Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. All right, you got any guesses what my favorite Kendrick album is? And by the way, I listen to all three of them equally. Like th- okay. that's not to shade any of them because I oh, like they're, they're all a fantastic.
0: Lot. Absolutely. Um. Damn. Nope. No. Mine's older, man. I love Section 80. Section Eight. Section. Okay. Is, is it <laughs> Section Eight or Section Eighty?
1: Section Eight, because that's Section Eight housing, okay. isn't it? Okay. The uh, there are a couple songs I like lo- like off of that album, but uh. Oh, it is
0: Section 80. My bad. I, th- I thought so, because there's a couple of song lyrics where he says Section 80. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's probably my favorite Let me one. Let like, the track list. Like High Power is on there.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I do
0: like Hole Up in ADHD. Oh, Those are yep, great songs. Yep. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, Hole Up is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that that whole but album It, man, is it just seems great. a little.
1: That album definitely seems a little more not mixtapy, but a little. It definitely seems a little oh, less. That's,
0: that's true. I guess you're right. I didn't think like a little that.
1: less um, developed than some of the. Like once he gets a good kid, I feel like there's more, a little bit more production, a little bit more yeah money put into the album, which I guess is maybe why I'm more drawn to Section 80. That makes sense. That's kind of why I prefer Good Kid, Mad City because I, I think it's a little, it's it's I, I think it's like I don't think it's maybe technically as good as some of the le- better right. later
0: ones but I, I i like what he's talking about a lot okay. can i can i ask you one last thing and then we can get you our untranslatables <laughs> i had <laughs> no, other please. stuff i wanted i wanted to share on the top of the show but i feel like it's not that important save it for we got plenty of episodes to right talk. for sure um, is it time sensitive no, uh kind of not really maybe we'll talk about it. we'll see um but i want to ask you what are your thoughts i'm sure you saw the video he he pulled up that girl that white girl and uh, uh, had her rap <laughs> along with Good Kid, Mad City, right?
1: Yes. And, and of <laughs> course
0: something. she dropped the N-bomb. Of course she yep. did. Yeah. And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh,
1: Well, there's nothing to be done about white people saying the N-word during songs. I'll start with that. And for example, there's the hilarious joke in White Chicks where um, the Wayans brothers are like, Come on. There aren't any black people around, so we're allowed to say it. <laughs> and there's a little part where it's like, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's unavoidable. There's nothing you can do about that. But I think it is a ballsy. I mean, first of all, it shows. I mean, people say there's no such thing as white privilege. There's a dude rapping about growing up in in the hood, right. and he just drop an N bomb right in front of him and his homies on stage. Right. There's a little bit of ballsiness in that in itself. But also, I think that even though, yeah, um people are going to say it, I think it's pretty stupid to say it on stage. Would right. you say it on stage? I mean, I, 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 even though you're singing a song, it just seems like a dumb... Th- it, oh, and for it, sure. And ideally, it shouldn't be that... Especially where that, where it is in that song, it should not be that hard to just not say it because right. it's like... The end of a line where it's like you, right. it's an emphasis word. Right. You don't even really need the word. Exactly. So exactly. it's so easy to not say it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're on stage and if that's someone that you truly respect and he's one of your favorite rappers, you should understand that black people don't enjoy hearing white people say that. Right. Oh, for so. Sure. Yeah, he, he can he can see and hear that people in the audience are saying it. But All I right. think even he's not like, going to like stop his show. Just like, a common courtesy is right. don't
0: say the n word in front of exactly. black people. Just exactly. in general,
1: wherever you are.
0: Right. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend this girl, but I think she looked she a little good. She looked a little tipsy though, which I'm, I'm not sure saying that makes it right. No, I'm sure she. But was. I feel like definitely like when you're drunk or tipsy, like your your filter is not on completely full on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. that's, I'm not giving her any. I'm <laughs> no, not trying to give her any excuses, but like. <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I,
0: I also wonder too. Like, I I think if I were to be called up on stage, like I wouldn't have said it. But it's also hard to say when you have thousands of people looking at you. Yeah, and yeah, you hear I mean, the song, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, and
1: ha- having a microphone in front of your face is a powerful thing. I mean, look you know, up, as, but a, I, as a podcaster, <laughs> right? But it is it is a powerful thing to have the microphone in front of your mouth, and 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 you know, right. So I'm not I'm not mad at it really, but it's like it's more just like, come on, could you? I Could you not just, I mean, it's not like you're in the middle of this super long, complicated lyric and you're like, oops, I slipped it out. It's right. like, no, this is an emphasis
0: at the end of a line that exactly. really, it's very easy to just not add. Exactly. Exactly. I honestly, man, this may sound really corny, but I even try not to say it like if I'm like driving in my car and I'm by myself, like I, I'm okay with that. Uh, well, good. <laughs> I just, to me, it I am okay weird, with that. You know? And, and also, like, you don't
1: want to get into that. Like, even if it's a song a habit, you like, right. you don't want to get into that habit. It's like, right. yeah, I sing this around myself all the time, and I'll right. say it. But I, what if I actually drop it in front of someone? Exactly. that's not cool with the like the singer of the song. I
0: get, I get super uncomfortable when I hear white people say it, and I'm a yeah. white guy. You know, I get super uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I don't get uncomfortable. I, I'm
0: more just like, uh, wow, that's a ballsy move there, right. Chief. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I saw this prank on YouTube with this guy who. Uh, he would walk up to black people and go a nickel and he was saying like a nickel like a 5 you know cent That's stupid it is and he legit almost got popped in the face a couple of times and i'm like well what do you expect like, yeah i mean you're you're kind of asking right. for it and there was this other there was this other like these were all like youtube prank channels there was this other guy who would walk by and he'd be like what's up my neighbor and, ooh, that did not. It's like, people, how can you why be people, so stupid? By the way, white people want to say the N-word so bad. Oh, they do. Well, it's absolutely. guess <laughs> so because bad. It's because it's like one of the few words they can't say. You know what I right. mean? Like, right. And it's kind of bullshit, though, because if you think about it, like, I can't think of any word that, uh, you know, anybody could call me as a white person that's really going to make me mad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you call me a cracker or you call me a honky, I'm probably going to laugh it's not you know what I mean like cuz it doesn't yeah, have the same also, historical significance.
1: Black people haven't actually used that seriously since like the 70s. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, it's just it's just crazy. All right, well I got a couple other things I want to talk about on the top of the show and then and then let's get into our untranslatables. Bring um, it. So I saw this online today. Thankfully, I'm not getting my news from a meme. So I've, I've been trying to do more credible. I, I forgot more, about that. Right? I've been trying to <laughs> use more credible sources for our podcast, Jared. Um, yeah, so I did, didn't find a meme, but uh, he
1: got this from one. Now, this comes from one of those magazines that you get in the front of a
0: grocery store. Now, Turns out Jennifer Aniston's <laughs> gaining weight. Ex- exactly. National <laughs> Enquirer. <laughs> I wonder – I'll have to see. I bet you they have, like, something in the Czech Republic similar to the National Oh, Choir. yeah. I got to find that. I mean, like, in that. Germany, Germany has, like, build. Right. Is oh, that is sure. that? I don't know if that's trash, but they have boobies on, I mean, like, the front I mean, page of it. Yeah, build is – I wouldn't say it's, like, – High-quality Yeah, news, like, super – But it's not, like, the journalism. Right. Right. Anyway, but anyways, the apparently there was – a Trump had a rally in Billings, Montana – And you can watch this video online, which is just hilarious. And there's this guy standing like almost right behind him. It'd be like right to the left behind of him. He's this guy wearing a plaid shirt, and his facial expressions are hilarious. And it got to the point where somebody noticed. They kicked him out of the rally and replaced him with one of Trump's staffers standing behind him. (laughs) Was it... Is not that crazy? <laughs> was it on purpose, or was he just like an like a as weird faces? I think he was just reacting to what Trump was saying. Uh, like, was he into it? No, they were faces of like confusion and surprise. Oh, that's and, even better. Oh, yeah, that's I'll, hilarious. I'll, I'll send you it later, and you'll have to you'll have to tweet that out because it is hilarious. Okay, I'll tweet it out. That's it I want to see it too. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it was. I just couldn't I mean, believe it. I couldn't. That's interesting
1: because I always thought those people that were on the straight stage or or like purposely visible were like highly curated people. Oh I'm sure I'm sure
0: they are, but maybe I'm sure there's always a couple that can slip through, you know That's true. That's
1: true. Yeah. Not every the audition process didn't go as smoothly as they were hoping. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Another another crazy thing I saw online today, and this was on nine gags, so I mean it's not as credible. But it's still interesting if it's true. Apparently, Domino's in Russia, which I did not know there was a Domino's in Russia, first of all. But second of all, apparently, Domino's in Russia offered this campaign, which is fucking crazy. They said, if you tattoo our logo on your body. Did you see this, too? Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts? <laughs> what are you, what's your reaction? Well, go ahead. This? Finish what you were saying first. Well, Okay. So this is what Domino's s- said, or this was their like media kind of ploy, was if you tattoo our logo on, on our body, you'll get 100 free pizzas a year. For a hundred years, I think was what it was, right? Something like that. Yeah, but apparently
1: they were forced. I I just pulled up an article about it. Okay. Uh, Apparently they were forced to end the marketing uh, promotion offer a couple days later. (laughs) Right. Uh, I mean that is a that is a great deal though. Like if oh that's (laughs) I'm looking at some of the tattoos. Yeah,
0: aren't the tats hilarious?
1: Some of them are kind of unique too. Like this one has a domino surrounded by a piece of pizza and then at the top it says domino's pizza it's kind of artistic <laughs>
0: nice. i mean if but, i'm uh, gonna hear domino's pizza tattoo you better believe it's gonna be artistic jared
1: it was supposed to last two months but they had to end it, they had to end it just five days after because too many people took him up on the offer so now i wonder if those people that got the tattoos in the five days are they going to hold i mean you have to still they better oh my god i think, think you so i bad. mean i don't know how, how, how they roll in russia they may, might just kill them but you have to uh <laughs> that was terrible you have to i believe if you do a, like a promotion like this in america you, you have, have to, to honor, honor it.
0: it oh without a doubt especially so if, I wonder if they're are inking their damn bodies oh i know that's like I know. dedication it's like, yeah. on another level
1: but, and the thing is, like, if you're someone like Wiz Khalifa, granted he doesn't need free dominoes for a lifetime, but, like, if you're someone like that who's just covered in tattoos, what's a Domino's logo, really? Just throw right. it like, just mix it in with your entire sleeve on your arm. Exactly. You won't even notice. Exactly. That's it's like, what's true. that Domino's? Oh, you want to know what that Domino's is? Call up Domino's <laughs> right now, right. and I'll show you what that Domino's tattoo can do. Or how about we just go <laughs> in
0: there and get that free pizza. And, right? Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> All right. The, the, the last thing I wanted to bring up um, at the top Jesus of our Christ, show. Jesus Christ, Chad. <laughs> I know. I told you I have a lot. I have a lot. Oh, my God. Um, this this is great. Act- well, fuck it. I already said I was going to bring it up, so I'm going to bring it up. Bring it up. Um, we don't have anywhere to be. Did you right? Did did this uh did you hear about the couple that stole four hundred thousand dollars from a homeless man? So let me oh, get let Yes. Me, yeah. So I think I didn't get this whole story, in, but I know what you're talking about. I think about. this was actually in Philly, man. It was yes. yeah so this woman it was me it was <laughs> it was you Jared actually he he's he's a homeless guy we just you're broadcast. like hey where's that where's that chandelier doing behind you right yeah, I thought I'd do some redecorating but I, I guess here's the story Jared so this is what I read so so this woman was stuck on the interstate I guess in a bad part of Philly and this homeless guy offered of his Philly, last okay. like twenty dollars so she could get gas and get home right and so this woman shout out was, to him right. Right. Uh, and you know what? I, let, me, let me find this because I want to share this guy's name because, because this guy, his name is, one second, his name is Johnny Bobbitt, I believe. Um, Johnny Bobbitt is the name of the homeless man. So shout out to you, Johnny, for being a stand-up citizen. You're giving somebody your la- literally your last $20 you have to get this woman home. Shout out to you. Um, but yeah, so this girlfriend and boyfriend started a GoFundMe account for him. With like, I think their goal was like ten thousand dollars, and then it went viral, of course. And then they, and then apparently the uh, GoFundMe account had four hundred thousand dollars, and apparently they stole it or were using it for their own stuff. And when I read this article, man, I just it didn't surprise me because I think people, especially if you see that kind of sum of money, like you probably start thinking some pretty greedy things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're greedy. You know, listen to our listen to our song of the pod a couple episodes ago, Wunsch dir was, and it talks about how uh, uh, we're greedy and that's, like, going to be our downfall. Um, yeah. But I just cannot imagine the audacity to take $400,000 from a homeless guy. Like... I feel like I remember... See, I haven't read anything on this
1: in, in a couple days, but I feel like I remember... Her saying that she was trying to, she was like holding it for him until something happened, like until he cleaned. I don't know what it was.
0: I I read that too, but then like apparently the cops like raided their house and like they're going like the um, Johnny Bobbitt uh, I guess hired an attorney. And is what uh, she's is what she's doing against the law? Because she claimed it was for him. I'm not sure. I'm believe it or not, Jared. I'm not a uh, GoFundMe lawyer. I know it's hard to believe, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh. So, so yeah, so I just thought that was really crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're right though. Like once money is introduced,
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's, it's hard. Right. And, and, you know, I'm not kind of like you with that girl that said the N word, I'm not sympathizing with them in the slightest, but you know, they're probably not, they're probably not, I mean, I'm sure obviously they're not homeless, but they're probably not rich by any means at all. Right. And you see that sum of money, which is insane to, you know, 99 percent of uh uh humans on earth mm-hmm. and it's like you start thinking about all the things you could do oh for and sure. it's like what is this homeless guy gonna do you know you start making up a bunch of excuses for why you deserve it more right and uh you realize people are garbage oh um, yeah for sure and i'll say this uh caitlin mcclure and mark d'amico mm-hmm. you guys are garbage There, there you go <laughs> there you go <coughs>
0: anyways that was all i had for our top of the show talk so i think that's uh, it really yeah. yeah just 45 minutes worth that's just, it that's it <laughs> <laughs> so to all of our fans if you want to go straight <laughs> to the untranslatables it will be about minute 46 or so <laughs> oh man well jared do you do you know what time it is by chance Ooh. oh i i'm hearing something in
1: the background uh according to my clock it's uh that's the cuckoo of the <laughs> untranslatable owl <coughs> So, yeah, so, I, uh, I'll, I'll start us off. Yeah, so, hit me with one. I guess I should apologize just to begin with. Some of mine have, some, at least I have four. Mm-hmm. Three of them are kind of uh, um, rude. Okay. <laughs> we'll start with, uh, one is uh, Spanish, but specifically Cuban. Okay. And it is, no le, cab, uh, no le cab, cabe un alpiste en el culo. You know what the last word is? Yep, I do. <laughs> I do. I don't know what any of the other words though. Are those? Well, you so. know what the first one is? Uh, uh, hold on. Yeah. No le cabe un alpiste en el, en el culo. En el culo? Mm-hmm. When it's spelled C-A-B-E or L-L-A-P-I-S-T-E, is it A to pronounce that? Which word? Sorry. So the so it's no le cabe un alpista alpista. But like, is cabe or cab? I guess cabe. Type. It's cabe. Mm -hmm. It's cabe? It should be. No le cabe un alpiste
0: en el culo, which would be how I think you say it then. I think so, yeah. Can you tell me what the other words mean? Obviously, no Uh, no (laughs) and what culo means, but...
1: Right. Culo is well known to most people because it means butt. Right. Um, And uh, the literal meaning of that is cannot fit another bird seed into their culo.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Does this mean you're like...
0: Kind of interesting uh what the, Can, I think. Cannot fit another bird seed into their culo, huh? Um Is that like your? I don't know, you already have enough stuff or you like can't, I I, I have no idea, man. No, it actually means, uh I think I'm going to have to give this to one
1: because this is kind of weird. It means to be proud. Really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Can't fit enough bird seed into your culo. Maybe, uh, Interesting. I, I don't even I don't even fully understand how that turns out. Like where you get that, right. how you get that. But right. I mean, according to uh, the website I looked at, mm-hmm. they, that's
0: a real thing. Interesting. Okay. Hit me with another one, Jared, because mine are kind of re- related to our our main topic. Okay, mine's mine aren't really.
1: Um, the next one is Welsh. Okay. Uh, Ooh, which I found I can't interesting wait to hear
0: you speak some Welsh.
1: Because uh, the <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so the first one is. Conti mor And I Mor You actually If you were to see it And know what the real translation is mm-hmm. it, it would make a lot of sense Mor Is um, The same as mer Really? What's conti mm-hmm. mean? Is that like contra? Well conti Those two different oh, words Oh two words Sorry okay So Cont uh, Yeah I mean I saw your face Really? Okay <laughs> And it means what it sounds like. Okay. If you're, uh, it. Ah, God, I hate. uh, It means cunt. I hate that word. But I found, I just found this untranslatable hilarious. So the uh, uh, the literal translation, of. Oh. So it's cunt of the sea.
0: Oh, it's me. Oh, see, when I heard you say mayor, I thought you meant M E H R. More. Oh no no. Not mayor. Yeah, I got you now. I got you. Right, that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. Dude, so, I have no. I don't even. Just know where imagine. To begin I with
1: mean, it, it, they're literally talking about an animal. Oh, what what an animal do you think would be the c word of the
0: sea? The c word of the sea. What animal <laughs> is that? I don't. I don't even know. Like, I. I don't even know where to begin oh, that's with. That's so that. funny. What is so, it? Uh, Give it to me.
1: Well, uh, there's another. Um, there, there's two words for the cunt of the sea. Okay. The other word that you could use, that's maybe the child-friendly word, uh-huh. would be um, paiskodin. Wibbly wobbly, what? <laughs> which, which is a uh, wibbly wobbly fish is the translation. So there's your hint. It's a fish of some sort. Not really a fish, I guess. A but fish. So uh, I guess that's not a hint because you, the other one was of the sea, so you knew it was a right. fish of some sort. I,
0: I I don't know what fish would, uh, would jellyfish. Re- oh, okay. I still and I, I think, I'm not really seeing it, but all right. Yeah, I think jellyfish are the ultimate cunts of the sea. Okay, interesting. You
1: can't. You can't really, like, you don't really notice them. Their stingers are uh, anywhere from super painful to deadly. (laughs) Right. That's fair. And, like, and I think that's that's just a hilarious uh, translation of it. And also, uh, in Wales, which is the UK, Mm -hmm. the C word is not really the C word there. It's just cunt. Like, it's not that offensive.
0: Right. Right. It's very... And I think that there you go, buggy, another another episode idea, I think. We should do oh, words yeah. that are offensive in, in one part of the world and not, because yeah, there's definitely certain words that Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like Australians, Brits, Welsh people, Irish people, Scottish people, they throw the C word around like it's nothing. I think the I think one of the reasons why, and I could be wrong about this. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not a linguist that has studied the C word extensively. Um, that would have been an interesting uh, graduate thesis, right? <laughs> but uh, but um, I, I just feel like it has a, a softer sound in their language. I feel like in, in American English, it sounds harsh to the ear. Like, I, I hear, hear it, and it definitely I'm, s- I'm kind of like, ooh, like, did you really yeah. just say that? You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah. It does, uh, as I mentioned on a previous episode, um, uh, glottal attacks. It definitely sounds like a uh, like a glottal attack of a word, right? Or it's like very aggressive. But yeah, it, it does like you know when you hear it as an American, you can't help but like blush or like flinch a little bit, like, right? Oof. But if you
0: hear a British person say it or an Aussie say part it, of the sentence. yeah, it doesn't bother my ear as much. But stop yeah. your fucking cants, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's just completely different. It's a whole it's like, different. Oh, wow, all right, you right. a little
1: unnecessarily aggressive. Thank you.
0: Exactly. Interesting. Uh-huh. So, so what? So that just means a jellyfish. That's all that untranslatable means. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Okay. A wibbly
1: wobbly fish or a cunt of the sea. Interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. You got any others for me? <laughs> sure. Uh, this one is also Welsh. Hmm. Uh, farta rech, mun potjam. Sounded Dutch when I said it. Right. And the first word farta is exactly what you think. Okay. Nice fart (laughs) once again this is why i don't know how i found like just all these uh to be fair my last one is is uh not gross but okay this one was also gross uh so it the direct translation is like a fart in a jam jar
0: (laughs) what like a fart in a jam jar so it's like interesting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i can't help but I can where do you laughing. find these jared oh my god these are hilarious where do you <laughs> where do you find these oh like a fart in a jam jar oh man i i don't even i don't even know what it, to do <laughs> with this one either what tell me tell me what it means it just <laughs> it
1: just means useless oh okay which i guess a fart in a jam jar is pretty useless
0: Oh my depends god! I don't how smell, know why depends sort of depends how smelly your farts are. I feel like I feel. Like I that guess. Depends on the usefulness of it, but for sure. I guess. Oh, hilarious. you mean if, what, if you use it as like a
1: smoke bomb or something? Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> if that's even open possible. Open it up in someone's it's hide possible, it in someone's yeah. office and open it exactly. Uh, that's great. I'll give you one more. We'll just okay. we'll, we'll do all of mine first because I only have one left. Sounds good. The last one is Thai, mm-hmm. which uh, also has a very interesting alphabet. Hai, Kwai Fang. Okay, and
0: what do those words mean? To play the violin for the buffalo to listen to. So is that like you're like, you're basically like talking, but nobody's listening? Ooh, exactly I, what it is. That's I'll, a good one. could be a couple on that one. Although my hand slipped all over. the Although, portions. right? <laughs> I was waiting for that elephant. Uh, that elephant <laughs> sound.
1: <laughs> that is actually still right there. There we go. There we go. It's
0: just there, and I don't have any use for it. But you gotta find some uses for it. What can I, I guess? Say? But um, that's interesting, though, because what what's also interesting, though, is um, there's actually a lot of videos online of animals reacting to music and, like, enjoying it. So I'm not saying the phrase is a bad phrase. I think it's a good phrase. But I also think it's interesting that you can find videos online now of, like, animals listening to music and, like, they're swaying, like, to the music. And Yeah. I feel like music I'll- is such a universal thing. Like, not only people enjoy it. Like, I feel like animals enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like...
1: Yeah. I, I would I would love to know some of the science behind how even like that music enters a animal's brain. You know what I mean? Right. Usually I see it with like dogs or monkeys or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's those are seem to be the two common ones. You can see it with elephants though too. You can see it
0: with cows. Okay. Uh, elephants are very smart. That right, makes sense. Right. Probably right. dolphins too. Right. Cows as well though. Like I don't think cows, cows are, are super uh, smart, but they definitely there's a there's this really cute video of this girl I think she's in Ireland or Scotland and she's uh she's playing the violin it's either the violin or the flute and the cows come running from the pasture to listen to her interesting yeah it's a it's a cool video huh um, we might have to post that on our on our Twitter for all of our Jeez. All of our fans out there. Putting you it's to work, Jared. Be a, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a Twitter Palooza next right? week, everyone. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Get ready. All right, Jared. Well, I'm gonna these have been hilarious, but I'm gonna darken the mood for you now. Sorry to sorry to Bring rain. On your, rain on your parade, but here we go. The first one I have for you is this one's German. And it is den Löffel abgeben.
1: Löffel is spoon? Yep. Mm-hmm. Abgeben, give up?
0: Give up or to pass. To pass the spoon? Well, to pass on the spoon. To
1: pass on the spoon. Like you don't yeah, accept it. That's kind of what it. I meant. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I meant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that like essentially the American way of saying kick the bucket? Yep.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah! Hit that ham horn And, so, and sadly, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ring in your parade some more, and a lot of these mean to die.
1: Okay, sorry, (laughs) sorry to ruin it, but a
0: lot of these mean to die. So let me give Uh, you a couple spoon. Yeah, I don't know why that is, but yeah, to pass. But I mean, it's no, it's interesting, but it's no weirder than kick the
1: bucket. You know what I mean? Like, what's the correlation between that and dying?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, All right, I'm gonna give you two other German ones that are also related to dying. This one I think makes a lot of sense. In's grass bison. Okay, in grass, I don't know what bison. Bison. Oh, to bite?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, to bite the grass. Yep, to bite the grass. It's similar to biting the dust.
0: Yep, yep. We say bite the dust. Exactly. Uh-huh. Another uh-huh. one I thought that was interesting in German is über den Jordan gehen, and they they're referring to the Jordan River here. I'm pretty right. sure. Über den Jordan gehen. Wow. So
1: the Jordan is that probably has some sort of religious. I believe to so. It? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I okay. believe so.
1: I don't, I mean, I know the Jordan River is like a, that's a river in
0: Israel, Could, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Could be.
1: But I, 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 I'm not well, I'm not well enough versed in, uh, uh, in like the Bible to, to know that, to know it's, it's like a uh, significance. Right. Right. I, oh, I believe the Jordan River was the one that ran red, now that I think about it. Could be. And it's. Sorry, I'm looking to see where it is, too. It, it's, it is in, jo- in Israel, Jordan, mm-hmm. and Palestine.
0: Okay, nice. All right, let me give you a couple mm-hmm. other dead ones for you. Um, okay. This one's Spanish. Um, pasar a mejor vida, which literally means what? to pass. life. I know yep. that. Mejor is better. Okay. And pasar is the Spanish verb to pass. So to pass a better life. Okay. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. I like this one, though. This one, we we kind of say this one in English. Um, Criar malvas. Malvas are daisies, and criar is to grow, I think. Okay. Yeah, so the American equivalent would be pushing daisies. Right, exactly. All right, let me give you a couple Dutch ones now. And I will not pronounce these right because my Dutch is horrible. So just a little preface. (laughs) But this one is great. Um, De pip Utgan. Or probably utchan. Well, well, that's pretty good, right? And this <laughs> means to go out of the pipe. Huh, that's weird. Also means to die, but yeah,
1: that's weird. I, it's interesting it's hearing uthan. how, uh, how uh, you know, it's interesting hearing how other people say to die because stuff like pushing daisies, mm, um, kicking the bucket, kick the bucket, bite the to dust, go over all that stuff, the
0: Jordan.
1: All that stuff sounds like all the American ones, or excuse me, English. I guess American is probably the right word. Right. All the American ones sound like are so normal to me, but it's like all of these, including the American ones, it's like, it's so interesting. Like, how do you get to the pipe one? Like, right. uh, how do you even get there? What was the literal one for that pipe one again?
0: Um, to, to go out the pipe.
1: Yeah, it's like, how does that even
0: right? come up? I mean, maybe like somebody said... Uh, Maybe it could mean like the smoke of a pipe goes up and ascends to the heavens, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'll give it to you. I see where you're coming from. All right. So let me give you a couple other ones. I have a few more German ones and a few more Spanish ones. Um, So this one I really like, and I actually thought about making this the quote of the pod, but I found a different quote for our quote of the pod. This one is really cool, and maybe I'm sure you'll get this right, and if you could explain this to our listeners, not to put some pressure on you, but... Um, it's it, this is a great uh, great quote or Spruch um, in German. Ein heute, ein heute ist besser als zehn morgen.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I like that. It means one day is better than ten tomorrows. Yeah. And what what do you what do you think that means though? Essentially, live in the moment. Exactly. And. Yeah, don't uh, concern yourself. Don't (laughs) concern yourself Uh, with. uh, Granted, all of these are death related, so it's a little easier. But um, exactly, yeah, I'd say live in the moment. Uh, You know, don't worry about what's happening today or the day after. What's really important is what's happening right now, and that's way more important than what you have going on in the future. I struggle to live in living in the moment is such a great simple statement Mm -hmm. that I struggle with so hard. Like I'm generally kind of an anxious person, right? And like. My mind is constantly like, it, like, trying to be like, what do I have next? Am I forgetting something? What do I have to do? Like, what's tomorrow? It's for sure way
0: easier said than done to to live in the moment, without a doubt. I've really been trying Mm -hmm. to do that while I've been in the Czech Republic. Um, Yeah. That's a great place to, I mean, when you're,
1: you're essentially, I mean, you're working, you have a job, but you're, I mean, you're kind of free and you're Mm -hmm. living a a
0: different life than what you're used to. It's a great place
1: to live in the moment. Exactly.
0: All right, Jared, let me give you a couple more and then we'll move on to our main segment. Um, so let me give you a couple a couple more Spanish ones. So this one is irse al otro barrio. Barrio, sorry, I didn't roll that R there. Irse al otro barrio. Otro, other. Uh huh. And barrio is a Spanish word for like neighborhood. It sometimes it's also okay. used for ghetto. But yeah, okay. Because that word definitely I've heard before. But oh, I was going to sure. say house or something, and but I know I- it's not house. Irse is to move or to go. Okay. So to move or move to a different neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this also means
1: to die. Yeah. To move to another neighborhood. That, that kind of sounds like, you know, when uh, the, 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 when kids have like a, a pet pass away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, uh, Sparky went to go live on a farm in, in right. upstate New York. Right. exactly. <laughs> Where there's oh, more gosh. space to run yeah. around. That's funny. <laughs> all right, let me give you two more Spanish
0: ones. <clears throat> um and also i need to practice my spanish some more so yeah th- your pronunciation for a non-spanish speaker it sounds okay. pretty good it's okay it sounds good to you but i guarantee you right. if we had a Spanish speaker <laughs> on here they, they have a yeah, lot they'd know you're american oh for sure without a doubt my my check's even worse though i mean yeah well, well it is it is what for it is. now right for now right well i'm sure you'll surpass it on I- an unrelated note i realized why Czech is so difficult It's because Czech doesn't really have intonation like English does with like up and down. So because I wouldn't call it necessarily monotone because it doesn't sound flat, but like there's not a lot of intonation. So it sounds faster. It sounds like everything's crammed together. Oh, because it sounds more. Yeah. Okay. Because
1: there's less of the, I guess, yeah, the word you use. What's the word? Intonation. Intonations. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially. Yeah
0: opposite of monotone right exactly so here we go so here's here's my uh, um my one of my two uh spanish untranslatables for you this one is excuse me azar los tenis, and tennis is a spanish a mexican spanish word for tennis shoes or sneakers okay and so this is a mexican saying yes and uh, uh, and az- azar means to lift to raise or to pick up to raise your tennis shoes, <laughs> to pick up your sneakers, mm-hmm. that and that means to die. That also means to die. Mm-hmm.
1: What? Apparently, in <laughs>
0: English, we have the expression "to die with one's boots on," which means you die while you're like working or doing something active. I didn't know that. Is that? But yeah, yeah, i never heard that either. But I, I guess you know something makes sense. Is that right.
1: what they're what the Mexican one is saying as well?
0: Basically, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so it's not just to well, die, it's but it's ca- like it's kind of like working, It's kind yeah. of like how we say when someone quits playing sports, like you hang up your your skates or your right. sneakers. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a little different meaning, but it still means something comes to an end, right? Right. So I think you right. could draw some parallels here. All right. And this is the last one. And this one actually is not necessarily about death, but it has the word muerto, um, which means the dead, in it. So here's this one. El muerto y invitado... A los tres días aspentan. So this means um, the literal meaning is the dead and the guest stink after three days. <laughs> this is also Mexican Spanish, I'm pretty sure.
1: Huh. The dead and the guest both stink after three days. Uh-huh. And this is not a death related. Not really. This is not, re- not
0: really. Okay. And this is kind of this kind of rude and a little harsh. I should also preface. Um, does it have? Does it have anything? So it doesn't have anything to do with Ashley smelling bad. Not necessarily. Um, all right. You want, you want okay. me
1: to give it to you? Yeah, I didn't want to say I don't know, but uh, this I don't one's do. a tough one. <laughs> this was a tough one.
0: So so um, el muerto y el invitado a los tres días aspe- aspetan means um, the dead and the guests stink after three days. This basically means don't overstay your welcome. I like that. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes
1: perfect sense. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? Um, yeah. It's
1: like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's rude. I think that's, I I think that's a, imp- I, I mean, I guess it, it could be rude depending on how you use it. Right. But I think that that's an important thing for people to, to like, like there's a certain lack of awareness to people sometimes where it's like, mm-hmm. are you, are you, you know, like, like, have you ever been at a party, say even at your house or something? Where it's like there's one person left that's still trying to hang out and talk. And it's like, don't you realize everyone else is gone and the music has been turned to right? Off? And I'm in my pajamas. It's <laughs> over, bro. Get right. out. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. Well, now you know,
0: Jared. You can just say the dead and guests stink after three days. <laughs> don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> well, Jared, should we uh, get even darker and uh, move into our topic?
1: Yeah, I just dimmed the lights in my room, so perfect. Uh, it's appropriately dark. There you go. It's
0: nighttime where you are,
1: so uh, it's perfect. Uh, there's uh, so one thing you know. I did some research, and the first thing I noticed, which seems obvious, I don't know why this didn't mm-hmm. cross my mind, but a lot of this does seem to be based in religion. Oh yeah, and that absolutely. Makes perfect sense because you know religion gives people a certain level of comfort about the uncertainty of death, which is. Mm-hmm to most uh people terrifying right oh absolutely and so i i think a huge part of religion in general is to deal with death mm-hmm. and to deal with what happens to you after you die that seems to be the main point at oh, least 100%, for christianity 100
0: percent. i agree what are, um, what are what are your thoughts jared on on death and life after death if i may ask
1: oh huh
0: uh, I hope my grandma doesn't listen to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared we've already dropped some F-bombs and some C-bombs this
0: evening. So, so I think she'll probably uh, turn it off before we get to the I don't even think my
1: grandma would know
0: what the C word
1: is. Like if I said that, she's like, I don't even know what that word is. You,
0: really? You think so?
1: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, she's like, I mean, one of my grandma, I have both of them. One of them is like 86 and the other one's like 90 something. That word's like, been they...
0: around longer than 80 years, Jared.
1: I guess, I guess. But, um, what do I feel about death? You know, I, I honestly have kind of been thinking about it a little bit more since my birthday. Not about death, really. Okay. Just but getting about older. the the concept of getting older, because mm-hmm. I like you know I'm now in my quote unquote late twenties, whatever that means. Right. But <laughs> right. um, <laughs> but uh, I try my I honestly believe that one, it's kind of even a waste to overly concern yourself with what happens after you die mm-hmm. because of, for example, you're untranslatable that you just said, uh, live in the moment. Right. Um, and so, and I, but I do think I, I, I'm kind of in the camp of like, um, that's it. Like, like, like there was a, I believe it was a comedian that said, um, do you remember what it was like, uh, before, before you, were you were born? born? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, nope. I'm like, that's what being dead's like. Yeah. <laughs> and that is kind of how I feel it. But that being said, I do think there is something to to people wanting to communicate with the dead, people mm-hmm. wanting to still have some sort of connection to the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's perfectly and I, normal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that people couch it in religion, mm-hmm. but I don't think you have to do that. I I, I think... Whether it's for your own comfort, mm-hmm. or um, or accepting that I'm talking to this person, hoping that they hear me because I don't know where they are or what's happening, right? And that's not how I think a lot of people look at it that way, mm-hmm. but I think it still ends up with them
0: talking to the dead. Oh, for sure. And I I will I will flat out go you know go out there and say it. I'm not a super religious guy. But there have been times where, you know, I've prayed and definitely tried to talk to, you know, deceased family members. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is more for us than Mm -hmm. it is for them. It's for us to comfort and grieve and mourn and deal with the passing of friends, family, whoever it may be. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. I would also agree that I I think there's probably a lot of truth to... It, you know, I don't remember what it was like being. It was just nothingness before I was born, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although I have to say, I love the concept of reincarnation. I think that's really interesting. I read an interesting. It was like a Tumblr post, so obviously it's not like news or anything like that, but it was an interesting <laughs> idea. This 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 person on Tumblr said, um, they said, "What if we come out as babies crying because we?" are being reincarnated, and we're so sad about losing everything from our previous life. And then as you age as a baby, you start to forget things that happened in your previous life, which they also said kind of explains deja vu. Obviously, we'll never know if it's true wow. or not, but it's an interesting thought, isn't it? Yes. And I, I like the idea of reincarnation as well. And uh, I,
1: you know, I, I kind of struggle. I like it, but I'll say this. I do kind of struggle with the idea of reincarnation, the idea of, going to heaven mm-hmm. and that idea that that one's morality now is is uh is, is morality and, and whatever is essentially only so you can live a better life later right it, where it's like do you need that to live a better life because mm-hmm. uh, i don't think you do but if that's what it takes then by all means use it but uh i, I do like the idea of reincarnation i, I like that yeah me, me too
0: It's interesting <clears throat>
1: So uh, I'd like to talk about how some cultures uh, deal with death and mourning and funeral processes and stuff like that. Start with one that is close to home, Mm -hmm. New Orleans. Oh, the Um, jazz funerals. All right. Yes. So it's one of the prototypical images of New Orleans, the boisterous jazz-tinged funeral procession, fusing West African, French, and African-American traditions, funerals In uh, New Orleans, strike a unique balance between joy and grief as mourners are led by a marching band. The band plays sorrowful uh, uh, songs at first, but once the body is buried, they shift to an upbeat note uh, for cathartic dancing in general and kind of like to celebrate that person. Once they're in the ground, you start celebrating them. Which is great.
0: I love that idea.
1: Yes, the idea of celebration is I mean it's it's hard like it's mm-hmm. not it's easier said than done sure but uh that is the uh, uh, that seems like the way that just about not anyone but that seems like how most normal people would want a funeral to go like no one right. wants a bunch of, uh, most people don't want to watch a bunch of people just cry and stare at you exactly they want to be like they it, it sh- I think it should be a, a it's, it's a sad but good excuse for people to get together exactly and enjoy themselves and laugh about
0: times from that person. And- it should be a celebration of their life, not a. I understand you have to grieve and mourn, and that's a part of the process. But, like my when my uncle passed away, um, sadly he died from cancer, and he was, he would have been I think in his late sixties, somewhere around there. Um, he died two, three years ago, and uh, um, twenty sixteen, so two years ago. Um, And he had a celebration of his life. So we threw him a big party. Oh, wow. And to me, like, I got to say, man, like, I'm not hoping to go anytime soon, obviously. But when I do go, I don't want, I don't, you know, obviously people are going to cry and be sad, but like, I want people to celebrate. (laughs) Well, I, or, you know, I don't know.
1: Maybe that's kind of an arrogant thing to say. No, but, you're right. You know. I'll cry and be sad. Someone's gonna right. cry. <laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. You'll be the but, only uh, one there crying, Jared. That's <laughs> it. The only person. Everyone's just having a
0: party, and I'm in the corner. You guys crazy? <laughs> How am I gonna do the untranslatable? <laughs> exactly. <podcast>? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really I, but, enjoyed that. Like we had live music, and like we're dancing. Oh, you guys had a band, like a band there? Well, we had a basically it was like this really good guy who's kind of a one man band. He had like a drum. Wow, machine. you guys you guys really did party yeah it was a great that- time had a couple kegs i mean really it was a celebration it wasn't a stuffy right. funeral service in a church you know if that's if that's how you want to celebrate someone's With life that's totally suit. fine exactly <laughs> like no like and and you know we were sharing stories and of course people cried i mean i cried a little bit too you know but that's part of the beauty of it i think exactly exactly i think you need to have a balance because if it's just i don't want it to be just so sad and so depressing that you know what i mean like yeah It's just a silent room um, uh, with with the occasional
1: sniffles and sobs. And the thing about New Orleans is that when my sister got married uh, a couple weeks ago, they did something called a second line, which uh, essentially what you do is um, you have like a, uh, you know, a a New Orleans brass band and you just walk through uh, the down like this like New Orleans city center with a legitimate police escort. Oh, wow. And a... uh, band that's um playing music for you and people just watch you and you walk down the street did you, dancing did you get
0: pictures of this uh yeah i have pictures yeah oh dude i you could should post some that would be awesome sure, sure. to see sure. i didn't know that I, you're you're teaching me some new things tonight jared
1: i didn't know it either until people kept saying are we doing a second line i was like i've never heard that before and then the wedding player's like then we're gonna do this second line Nice. Uh, and yeah and it was really cool me and my, my, me and my sister my sister and her husband not me <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <a little> weird. <laughs> were in front and uh like he had a black umbrella and she had a white one and they're like dancing and walking down the street and shaking the umbrellas okay. it was a lot of fun and i think that I, I don't know if there's a connection i'm just making this connection to myself mm-hmm. but i do like the idea of like there is something to a marriage being like the beginning of a new life, a, mm-hmm. a new lives together. Right. Oh, and without then, a doubt. And it's 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 you're celebrating it the same way you're celebrating someone dying,
0: and I think that that's really cool. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So that's New Orleans. Um, okay. Can we? Can I also bring up since I use so many Spanish ones, we obviously have to talk about uh, Dia de los Muertos in Mexico, which yes. is the Day of the Dead. First of all, yes. I've, I've talked to a few friends of mine who, who are of Mexican descent. Um, they grew up in the States, but their parents are Mexican. And they mm-hmm. were telling me, believe it or not, that the movie Coco was, was just about to bring that was, up. That's on my notes. Oh, nice. They said that it's actually really they did a good job representing the culture and everything like that. So they have this thing called the ofrenda. Which is basically where you have pictures of your deceased family and you bring them food and things to celebrate. And obviously in Coco. Kind of like a, a shrine almost. Yeah. Oh, it, it is a shrine, I would say. It's a shrine yeah. of all your family members. And in Coco, that's how the dead are able to pass through the, the world to the living. Um, yes. Also, like if, if our listeners haven't listened to Coco, have have you seen, seen it? Uh, you said listen. Yeah, or, or I've seen, seen it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I saw it actually
1: for the first time rather recently, a couple months okay. ago. Okay. That movie is great. It's amazing. I was in my home, in my basement, by myself, weeping. Oh, dude, I <laughs> cried so hard at the end. So hard at the end. It, it, that movie is really good. It is really good. And I, know, I don't know much about the uh, the Day of the Dead, but it did seem it, it did seem like they uh, they at least uh, did their research. Right. And the music was great. I love the music. Oh, I
0: have the soundtrack saved on my Spotify. Not even kidding. <laughs> love that soundtrack. Love that movie. That's great. Um, yeah. Dude, it was so awkward. I was in the movie theater with my girlfriend watching Coco. It was funny because when I was living in East Lansing, we had this movie theater where they'd have like a cheaper like $5 Tuesdays or something, right? And so like we would go a lot and one day she'd pick a movie and the day I'd pick. And when Coco came out, I was like... I was like, please, like we have to go see this. Like as a guitarist, like I've heard so many cool things about it. Like, so we went to go see it, and we we went and we waited. I think a week after it came out because we figured it'd probably be really crowded if we went the week it came out. It was still a decent amount of people in the theater, but man, I I I lost it. Lost it Not a dry end? eye in the theater. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like I was one of maybe a couple other people that were crying. My girlfriend actually held this together pretty well. Really? Yeah. I was just about to say, before you said that, if you didn't cry at
1: the end of that movie, you're a robot. <laughs> All right, well, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: God. I'll have to spread the I'll spread the word. I'll tell her she's a robot after this. Uh, That's hilarious. But, yeah, that that was a great movie. But...
1: And I, I, I think that... Um, it's a. It does seem like a beautiful way to celebrate it, because it does seem like a more of a celebratory thing, mm. and it's the idea of bringing not just one person that died, but bringing your entire family together. Right. Because at least in Coco, which is what I'm basing all everything I'm saying right now right. off of, they would have like the entire like grandparents and great grandparents on the mm. wall. It wasn't just like right. the last Aunts person that uncles, died or something like that. Everybody, yep. yeah,
0: and. Yeah, but I also have to say, I'm not trying to spoil anything for our listeners out there if they haven't seen it, but I can tell you the reason why I cried at the end was I used to play guitar for my, for my great aunt when she was older, and it was really funny, dude. A lot, I'd bring my classical guitar, and I'd play her like Spanish pieces and like some Bach and some classical stuff, right? And every time, I'd play it for her, and she'd fall asleep like every time. And then of course my mom asked me to play at her funeral and I've played at a couple of my family members funerals. And I think I, I hate to say this, but I don't think I will ever play another family, family members funeral because it is so difficult because the whole time I was playing, I was, I was more or less fine at the funeral. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and when my mom had told me she'd passed. I don't know why, but I, I didn't shed a tear that day. I was obviously sad because I was very close to her, but um, I didn't cry at all. And I think, sadly, at least American culture, we kind of try to you gotta be macho and not cry, right? I don't know if that's American. I think that's a masculinity thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I would agree with that. But anyways, <clears throat> and then, of course, we get to the funeral, and then they start playing Amazing Grace on the organ, and I don't know what it was, man. I think it's just the power of music I lost it. And then I kind of calmed yeah. down a little bit. And then it was like my turn to play. And my mom was like, yeah, if you could just say a couple words. I'm like fucking sobbing, <laughs> dude. And I'm like, and I like couldn't talk. And I basically just, all I could squeeze out was I used to play guitar for my Aunt Glad. That was all I could all I could really bust, you know, say. And I'm sobbing. I made it through the piece, which I don't know how I did it. That's good. But I made yeah, it through the piece, and then afterwards, what I, I really have to—I wish I would have actually asked this woman her name. But she was the organist for the funeral, and she came up after the funeral and said, "You know, that was so astounding watching you play that piece, and you played it so well." And and she said, "I've had to play in funerals for my family members, and how hard it is to play when when you're while you're mourning and while you're crying." And and I also, especially playing stuff that you played
1: for your aunt
0: right it's not you're, you're not exactly. just playing
1: like amazing grace or whatever exactly
0: and and I I played I played like a finger style version of um, no woman no cry at my uncle's funeral and I just butchered it yeah. butchered it because I just couldn't I just couldn't do it you know it, it was so yeah but anyways let's talk about so that's you're done with that it's <laughs> enough about enough about me enough about American <laughs> culture with death let's talk about some other cultures so obviously Mexico is I think very very famous for day of the dead dia de los muertos um, which i think is a great celebration um having the altars or the ofrendas um another thing that i think is also interesting is the idea of the um, alibrije which is like your spirit animal that takes care of you on your way uh-huh. to the other world and they also have those in coco and i found, do they really yeah yeah the, the alibrije was like the ants like crazy jaguar looking thing and coco's oh, dog yeah, those are right, the right right like those green and red exactly and, yeah yeah but yeah. i actually found out a giant tiger I, thingy exactly, that exactly yeah. exactly but i actually found out that these didn't become a part of mexican culture i think until like the 1940s because an artist a mexican artist had he was like really sick with a fever and had these um hallucinations of Alibrijes. and that's kind of how it started i guess um, now that's they do
1: look like straight up hallucinations. They do, like
0: when you see them in the movie. Exactly, <laughs> but it, but I uh, like the idea of having a spirit guide. I think that's really cool. Yes, you know. Yeah, but yes. Yeah, I like that too. So, what other uh, cultures do you want to share with our listeners out there, Jared? Hmm. Do a let's do
1: Jap- Japan real quick. Okay. So Japan has uh, an issue with space. Right. I mean, it's a very populous city or, or city country. country. Right. And it's also a very tiny country. And so um, they're known for, quote-unquote, high-tech burials. Okay. Um, Let me just read what they have here. Japan is often seen as some sort of high-tech metropolis where everything looks like the future. While this may not be universally true, oh, blah, 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 Japan is running into a burial problem in that it's a small country with a rapidly aging population. It's practical Mm -hmm. to bury everybody. And so they're actually um, more of a cremation-based uh, mm-hmm. country. Right. And uh, so is uh, Korea. Also, yep. same for I think a similar reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, not much about that, but I just thought the I, I think I, I just wanted to mention cre- cremation more than anything because I I like the idea of cremation. I like it one because um, the 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 I, it's dumb talking about practicality and we're talking about dead, but like the idea of a big wooden casket. Seems so impractical to oh, me. Oh, for sure. Especially, like, and I, even if I, I like the idea of cremation too, because it seems even uh, once again, I'm sorry, but a more convenient way to be able to have that person with you all the time. Sure, you could have that that urn in your house or, or, or travel with it if you really wanted to. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're a weirdo, right. you could travel with it. Right. Or I guess you, people do that. They right. have like little lockets, exactly. and exactly. That's kind
0: of where I was thinking. But
1: right. Yeah. I was thinking about a full urn. urn that would be a little odd. <laughs>
0: or having like a coffee, co- like Folgers coffee. Thing oh, yeah. D- and um, due date. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The other thing, though, too, speaking of like um, you mentioned Korea, I guess apparently I did a little research and, and I was just about to say that. This, yeah, go ahead. This website ahead. Um, called um, Country Navigator. They note that uh, uh, cremation is becoming commonplace nowadays, obviously, for you know numerous reasons, especially space. But they also say there's a trend to have the ashes of a loved one refined and turned into colorful beads. Mm-hmm. You don't wear these beads, but if you visit a Korean home, you may see these beads on display, and they are likely to be the ashes of the uh, of a loved one of the homeowner. I really like that idea too. I like that too. I like that a lot.
1: They also, um, it's interesting. So South Korean barrel beads, I saw that. And app- apparently a law passed in 2000. Mm-hmm. That requires anyone bearing a loved one to remove the grave after 60 years. Okay. Uh, For a space reason. So with that being said, obviously, just uh,
0: start with the cremation, I would assume. Right. That seems a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. Uh An interesting thing about death in Chinese culture, I don't know if you know this, but actually white is the morning color of China. I also believe it's the morning color of quite a few countries in, in the East Um, I have. Yeah. Okay. Like I also saw, I also saw a picture of a Cambodian funeral and they were also wearing white. In India, I believe mostly Hindu uh, cultures. White is the
1: go-to color also.
0: Right, And I think, I think Muslims um, when they have any type of death, I believe they wrap the body in white as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: I saw that too. Um, The, the color thing is, well, there's, well, we'll get to the color thing. There's one more, or at least, there's a couple more, but definitely one more I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a couple more I have that would be interesting to talk about. Okay. It, have you heard about uh, a sky burial in Mongolia or Tibet?
0: Uh, I'm kind of, but can you elaborate a little bit?
1: So it's, uh, it's a Vajrayana Buddhist uh, thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is a sect of Buddhism, I'd assume. Right. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, in M- Mongolia and Tibet in, in, excuse me in Mongolia and Tibet uh, it's believed that the trans transmigration uh, they believe in the transmigration of spirits after death mm-hmm. that the soul moves on while the body becomes an empty vessel to return it to the earth the body is chopped into pieces and oh uh, yeah placed... given to animals right like yeah, theori- yeah essentially it's placed on a mountaintop and uh, it's exposed to the elements, just bare bodies, mm-hmm. or bo- not bodies, body. Uh, and it's it's yeah, it's given to the given back to the earth, and given to animals and vultures and stuff. And it's been they've been doing it for apparently thousands of years, and eighty percent of Tibetans today still choose to do uh, to have their ceremonies that way. And um, I like this too because, as I mentioned before, I think there is some sort of weird connection to the body that that we have after someone dies. And that's why people still are, you know, that's why people still have these ornate uh caskets that you put a body into that then just sits there for hundreds of years uh while your body has is already gone, the casket is still there. Right. And so I I think that it's this is yeah, it's a little more pragmatic, but I think it's also uh, a interesting view at how we view our bo- uh, how mm-hmm. we view our bodies oh, in comparison to like our body is according to the Mongolians and the Tibetans the body is 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 almost who cares it's like yeah that's just that's just another part of Earth like a tree right. or or the grass so we're gonna put the body back where it belongs exactly and while by, by doing that the part that really matters the spirit will be free to. I don't know, do some spirits. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, we obviously don't know what the spirit does. But the body point, doesn't yeah. really matter.
0: Right. And I think that's also a very Buddhist thing as well. That's a Buddhist yes. belief for sure. Yes. But I, I agree. I like the idea of your body going back to Earth, which is why I think um I think the way I might want to have my body be handled would be have you ever seen like the the where they can now I think I think they cremate you and then they put you and, like, a, basically, you become a tree. Yes. Which I think yes. is also kind of cool. Um, yes. I like that idea of, you know, because, I mean, yeah, our bodies eventually, you know, when they're not of any more use to us, they, yeah, they put them back in the earth. And if you just put it, yeah, in a casket, it's, it's yeah, like, I would rather give my body back to the earth in some way. I know that sounds yeah, like a you super could, hippie you thing, be. but...
1: You could be in like your grandkids' backyard.
0: Exactly. And every time they see that tree, it's like, that's grandpa. Right. We actually did uh. that. I know this is kind of weird, but we, we actually buried all of our, well, I think they were all cremated, but we put our cremated um, dog's ashes underneath a pear tree at my parents' house. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And, and the pears are actually pretty good. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. But but yeah, so I don't know. It is interesting how different cultures, obviously different faiths as well. um, Yes, a lot of this stuff is based in religion. Oh, for sure. Have you heard what they do in Ghana? Uh, I have not. Ooh, all right. Well, let me tell you about this. So so in Ghana, there's also another belief in the afterlife. um, But now there's apparently a relatively new tradition of elaborate coffins, which illustrate the interests, professions, or status of the deceased um and and also as a way to see them off into the afterlife so for example and this is this is on this country navigator website a coffin may take the form of an airplane or a porsche or a coca-cola bottle or an (laughs) Um, animal hey by the way uh for the listeners google
1: just ghana and coffins Ooh, what pops
0: up uh
1: there's a pen there's a airplane Coca-Cola bottle. Okay. Marlboro. Uh-huh. Uh, Cigarettes, yeah. Uh, uh, chili pepper. Uh, tennis shoe. Uh, a pig for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they were a pig farmer. Oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, pickup truck. Uh, a lot of airplanes. Okay. Butterfly. I wonder what the airplane represents. Do dress do shoe, like cell travel? phone. Yeah, maybe they were a pilot or something. Right, as. who knows.
0: These are... Awesome! Like this is art. Yeah, you oh, can put this on your like front lawn or something. It. I don't right? know. Right, but what they uh, also say about Ghana is uh, well, first of all, these they? coffin makers are highly sought after, and like you said, they're regarded as important artists. So there you go, Jerry. I mean, yeah, it looks. It definitely does. Right. This one is a camera.
1: Jeez. that's crazy. It even has Nikon written right. on it. Oh wow! So mm-hmm. do you know? Do they do they bury
0: those? I have no idea. It doesn't say. Because it almost seems like a waste of a coffin. I would imagine they bury them, but I could be wrong. They could maybe use the, the coffins for the funeral oh and then something else. But the, <laughs> but the other thing here, Jared, it says, according to this website, it says, funerals are enormous affairs, often costing more than weddings, and are advertised on billboards so no one in the community misses out. So once again, we see a theme of people celebrating, right? You know, yeah. You want everybody in the community to come and celebrate, which I think is great. Um, And here it says, in other parts of Africa, funeral rituals have evolved from the blending of Christian, Islam, and traditional practices. In Southern Africa, like Ghana, funerals are enormous affairs involving entire communities. The death is usually announced on the local radio station, and the mourners will gather over the coming days, coming from surrounding villages and further afield to pray and sing. As numbers swell, catering becomes more complex, with animals slaughtered to feed the crowd, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know you have a lot of people there, you got to feed them. Um, and if you are an employer in, say, Botswana or Namibia, you need to allow time off for funerals. And if you employ several workers from the same community, you may well lose all of them for days at a time in the event of death. So that's really interesting. And I, I bet you in some smaller communities,
1: that's probably pretty, uh, I mean, not often, but when often whenever someone dies mm-hmm. that everyone at that place even your boss is like yeah we gotta I, I mean they say that you have to take time off but i bet you the boss is probably involved in a lot of those things where it's like yeah you, you're asking me to take time off i'm gonna be there too right now here's one that i'm gonna admit i found a little disturbing okay <laughs> and this is in the philippines uh, and obviously, this is not just the Philippines. I think this is specific groups within mm-hmm. the. Oh, it's... uh so many ethnic groups in the. There are many ethnic groups in the in the Philippines. The Benguet of Northwestern Philippines uh, blindfold their dead and place them next to the main entrance of the house. Their uh, their Tinuguan neighbors, mm-hmm. another culture community in in uh, the Philippines, dress bodies in their best clothes sit them on a chair, and place a lit cigarette in their lips.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Sounds kind of like a fire hazard, but... (laughs) You know, no no disrespect to their culture, obviously, but... ends with the cremation. (laughs) Right.
1: And then one more, the Caviteño, Mm -hmm. which... Oh, that's right. The Philippines has a heavy Spanish influence. I was like, Mm -hmm. that's interesting. It has the Eño in there, but that actually makes perfect sense. Uh, The the Caviteño... Uh, who live near Manila, bury their dead in a hollowed-out tree trunk. When someone uh, becomes ill, they select the tree where they will eventually be in ball, uh, entombed. Meanwhile, the apeyo, who live in, their, in the north, mm-hmm. bury their dead under the kitchen.
0: Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To each his the own. The idea
1: of sitting a body out. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's, I, I don't know how long they do it for. I, I assume eventually they move it it's not they don't just let a body decompose on the front stoop, right? But um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like dead bodies. Uh, like w- whenever I've been to a few funerals in the day in my day, and I'm not, I, I'm not one to really walk up to the casket. I'm not one to like kiss the dead body on the head, right? That uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. It creeps me out. So the idea of just sitting a dead body right there kind of creeps me oh, out. Oh,
0: me too. Me too, without a doubt. That. I, I really do not enjoy open casket funerals, which I think, it, no. It is, which, is that mostly Catholic that does open casket? Who?
1: I don't know if it's Catholic or Christian in general. Okay, it might just be Christian Because I've been general. to a few non-Catholic, but, you know, other de- Protestant domi- denominations. Okay, still had an
0: open and casket? Yep, okay. yep. And, yeah, it's a little disturbing. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, I, I understand because he, wanting to pay your respects, but, it yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, cause just eat, 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 it's oh uh, yeah uh, whatever. Um, I'm trying to see if there's another one I want to mention. So I got two other cultures I can also mention, and I th- okay. and I think this and so first I'll talk about the Czech Republic because that is currently where I am living. Yeah, and uh, um and I found this out actually when I was looking up earlier on before I moved here I was looking up you know cultural do's and don'ts right. And one of the first things they tell you, if you ever bring people gifts, and it's it's not necessarily strange to bring a coworker maybe some flowers, right? Right. But you want to avoid bringing an odd number of flowers. So you don't want to bring someone one flower. Um, Or wait, hold Ah. on. Yes. So odd numbers are considered unlucky, and generally people are given odd numbers of flowers during funerals. So... To all our listeners out there, if you ever come to the Czech Republic and you either want to give a gift or even go on a date with someone, do not give them one flower. Give them at least two flowers or four flowers because odd numbers Interesting. are considered unlucky. And also... That's great for some of our OCD people right? out there. They need exactly. to have their
1: volume set to uh, exactly. even numbers. <laughs>
0: and, and I'm not quite sure why that is a, uh, a tradition here, but it is. And then another thing here, so, so this is um, according to... The website uh, FraserConsultants.com cultural spotlight Czech funeral traditions. They also say that they set the table for an even number of people because, as I said, odd numbers are considered lucky, uh, unlucky. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, uh, a traditional death belief is, um, and this is usually during Christmas time. By the way, um, they say after Christmas time, this could bring bad luck to your family or death upon your family. Um, you don't leave the table until everyone is finished. Um, because that could bring bad luck or even death to the family. Now, I'm not sure how common or often, often you know how often these are practiced today, but um, they are traditional. Um, and then here you should leave the table at the same time. Otherwise, the first person to leave the table might be the first to die the next year, um, which is also so interesting. How does, how does, so how does that work? Yeah. Who gets to leave the table? You all just get up at
1: the same time. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a game of chicken. Right. (laughs) Who's going to die next? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Not me. Not me. But see what's what's
0: interesting, you know, we talked about religion a little bit and faith during this podcast, and and it does play a very large role in how death is is celebrated and and the thoughts and beliefs of what happens after you die, right? But what's interesting is most of the Czech Republic, as I've mentioned before, is atheist or non-religious. In mm-hmm. 2011, 79.2 percent of the population identifies as either undeclared or no religion, so secular funerals tend to be um, common among families. Um, but some Czech families, it seems, may not even have a funeral service. Um, you know, they they some may not believe us, like right? Some some may card. not believe in the afterlife. Um, so these funeral services tend to focus on life achievements. Um, and what I found interesting about this is, um, and I'll have to ask some of my, co- I should have asked my coworkers about this before we recorded this to, to see if they could have given me more insight on this. But, um, they said that some families actually will hire a professional speaker to present the eulogy rather than a family member, which I think is really cool actually. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that. I mean, cause I've had to believe it or not, deliver a few eulogies, Um, and it's tough. It is really hard, um, Mm -hmm. to get through it. Um, right. Um, so yeah. Um, but some families don't find the secular funeral to be personal or they may think it's too expensive. So they may not have one, but the, the negative part of this is this leaves the family without a good chance or opportunity to grieve in honor of, excuse me, in honor of their loved ones. Um, so I think that's interesting and then, according to the Czech Cremation Association, didn't know that was a thing, but now I do. Seventy-eight <laughs> percent of those who die in I'm the Czech Republic—I'm a member. Republic, I'm, I'm aware. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, apparently, seventy-eight percent of those who died in the Czech Republic during 2005—so a while ago—but they were cremated. About one-third of those cremations had no funeral service. So, what do they mean by no funeral service? No, no service. Where is this like—it's
1: just, just cr- like you cremate it, then that's it. Go on with your day. I, I guess. It's like a.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's like a pet or something. Right? It's it's like, all right, he's dead, back right. to work. Yeah, I don't know. But I'll, I'll have to find out some more information about um, Czech funeral traditions and how they celebrate or don't celebrate death. But the last culture I want to talk about, because this to me was very, um, very clear when I was living there, is death culture in Vienna. So, Jared, have you, yes. have you ever heard the, the term, der tod, the sweet death? No.
1: Really? No. Before we started recording, you mentioned that Vienna is known for this. Yes. As some sort of, I
0: haven't heard anything about, about this. So, so here, this is, a, this, is a, um, this is a quote from this guy named um, um, Wittigo Keller, who's the director of the Vienna Burial Museum. He says, we Viennese don't experience death as an enemy, but more as our own shadow, a companion whom you grab by the elbow and you go have a drink with. What does that mean? That means <laughs> that really that, that means that you you don't you don't look at death as your enemy. You look at death as it's just a natural part of life. It's just a right. something you have to accept. I mean, the Viennese, I think, with their sense of humor. I mean, there are definitely jokes about death. Um, sadly, I don't have any Viennese jokes of the pot about death this this episode, but I'm sure you could find them if you looked. Um, but basically, I mean. Death is just it to me, it just seems like it's kind of not so uh, they, not as, uh, big of a deal over there. Like, it's not seen as like life and death, but life is is like part of death, I guess. I don't know if that's really clear. So, no, I understand
1: what you mean. Okay. So, does Vienna, I believe, is a pretty secular country, or Austria is a pretty secular country as well, isn't it? I mean, it? R- they were a part of the Holy Roman Empire, so
0: I would say so.
1: Um. And so, yeah, that does make sense. That that um, there there's it's easier for them not to have that connection to, or it's like what's happening to us after we die. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that it's it's I would say it's harder said than done. But if you're kind of grow, raised like that, probably not. It's probably pretty easy to accept that it's a part of life if if that's what you've been taught your entire right. life, rather than taught that we need to have a you know uh, this long ceremony. where Everyone's crying
0: and mm-hmm. and wearing black, right? And what's interesting too here, Jared, um, also very German. That's a very German Austrian ex- mentality. Exa- oh, for, for sure, practical, absolutely. <laughs> but what's also interesting about Vienna and Austria is they they have you know they have a couple different types of burial practices. One of them, you bury the dead obviously in cemeteries. I feel like that's also pretty common in the United States and a lot of other countries. Um, also, though, have you been to the the Central uh, Cemetery or at Central Friedhof in Vienna? I believe so. it's amazing. All our listeners out there, if you were ever in Vienna, it's kind of on the outskirts of Vienna. It, I think it's in the might be in the twenty first district. I could be wrong, but it's pretty far out. If you're going from the the central part of downtown, which is the first district, it'll take you easily twenty minutes or more to get there by by tram or U-Bahn. But it's worth seeing because, yeah, the the cemetery is immaculate. It's well taken care of. um, And it just shows how the Viennese honor their dead. um, And they're very proud about it, which I think is really nice. Um, Also, I've been to some cemeteries in in Germany, uh, and they're also super clean, very pretty. um, So I think that's great. Another couple burial practices, though, in Vienna for you, Jared, and for all of our listeners out there. Um, this one practice incorporates the bones of the dead into the foundation of the catacombs, which I'm not sure how frequent that is nowadays, but I know back, um, back in the day, that was way more common. And then if you are an aristocrat or, uh, um, you know, of nobility, there's a practice of the heart burial where, um, and you actually, if you go into the Kaiser or the, the, like the Kaiser tombs, um, you can actually, the hearts are in a separate like urn. And the bodies are in a different casket, which I think is interesting. The non-cremated heart? Just the heart? The heart? Yeah. Is is
1: that because that's where they believe the soul is, right? Uh, g- you got me there, but I believe that's what Probably. it is. Probably. I believe that's what it is. Probably,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, apparently the uh, Friedhof or Central Cemetery in Vienna, is actually the largest cemetery of all Europe. And it is the final... Oh, really? Resting place for three million people. Whoa, isn't that crazy?
1: Whoa, oh, by the way, it's also in uh Simithling, which is the 11th district. Oh, 11th
0: wasn't even close there. Okay, no, it, it is pretty far it out, is, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right here, um, and it's kind of a known joke that the Viennese play glowing tribute to their composers and artists when they're dead, but while they're living, the Viennese give them a hard time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that also sounds about right. Right, exactly. But, yeah, but that mm-hmm. goes against l- the living in the moment part, where it's, how about you enjoy
0: them while they're here? Right, right exactly. <clears throat> but that's the weird thing about, I feel like, artists and, and composers. They're all Sadly, a lot of them are way more famous after they die than when they're alive, which is too bad. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think
1: a lot about, uh, like, w- was, when I do piano stuff, I think about Beethoven. Whenever he comes up, mm-hmm. I can't help but, like, Feel sorry for the guy after we went to his house and we read that um, Heiligenstadt Testament. Oh yeah. Uh, can you can you tell like our
0: I, listeners about that because because they might not all know.
1: Yeah. So uh, Beethoven lived in a uh, uh, area of Vienna called Heiligenstadt, mm-hmm. and he lived in this tiny one bedroom apartment. Uh, and apparently, it started off as him trying to like avoid uh, like um, people, right? Because he. Well, yeah, and it, I think he had a lot of uh, sexual partners that he was trying to avoid. But regardless, he uh, started losing his... His, um, his hearing. His hearing, mm-hmm. and people in Heiligenstadt would think that he's standoffish or kind of a dick, because, but he just couldn't hear them. Right. And so he had really no friends. People didn't really like him because they thought he was a dick, even though he just couldn't hear them. Right. And so he wrote something called the Heiligen, Heiligenstadt Testament. Heiligen- the Heiligenstadt
0: Testament, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and it was essentially just him saying that, just pouring out his heart. Really, it was
0: all of didn't was. he send it saying to his like, brother?
1: Is that who he sent it to? I don't remember who he sent it I to.
0: Thought so. I thought it was family, because I'm pretty sure he um, had a brother. But yeah, he basically was thinking about committing suicide, but he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was he was trying to he was explaining like like oh why he
1: is the way he is and 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 doesn't under and like why don't people like me and all this stuff right. And, it was uh, some real artistic shit, it really was though like it's like this is it's such like a like a struggling like a prototypical struggling artist right fits uh, fits the mold of the
0: stereotype, no doubt yeah, 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 I think also though what's wild with Beethoven is I'm pretty sure when they debuted the ninth symphony, he was pretty much completely deaf and he conducted it completely deaf, if I remember correctly, wow, which is which crazy is pretty crazy, but that guy was yeah. that guy was like I feel like on a also, a whole nother planet in terms of just musical yeah. genius and ability. Um, For sure. yeah, so if you go to the Zentralfriedhof in Vienna, you can see Beethoven. I think Mozart is not buried there. Sadly, they don't actually know where Mozart was buried because he died sadly poor, believe it or not. And I think they just tossed him in a mass grave. Um, oh. At least that's what one of our professors in Vienna told us. Um, but you can find Beethoven. You can also find Franz Schubert which also, unfortunately, during his life was... He was kind of, sadly, always in the shadow of Beethoven. Um, and Schubert's actually one of my absolute favorite composers. Um, also, you can find Brahms, who we will talk about in a moment. Um, apparently, you can... Are we still talking about the Central- yeah, right now. Yeah, these are all oh. the composers <laughs> buried there. Yeah, you can oh, okay. also find Antonio Sal- Salieri, who, if you've ever seen the movie um, Amadeus... Um, that wasn't apparently in real life, that wasn't really Mozart's rival, but he was a famous composer in Vienna. Also, you can find Johann Strauss, um, the second and Arnold Schönberg. So, oh, so you can find a lot okay. of very famous composers there. So if you're a music lover, you definitely need to check out the, um, Central Friedhof in Vienna. It's in Zimmering, mm-hmm. the 11th district. You should be able to get there by tram, by the, the, the um, Straßenbahn or streetcars <laughs> and it will take you right there. Um, to all of our listeners out there interested in Vienna so yes so they do have a very interesting um, relationship with death in Vienna Um, especially you can see it with their cemeteries Um, and also I mean there are some Viennese songs that kind of talk about death Um, you can go to the Heurigen which are like the famous like Viennese like wineries And like you'll oh, hear music. I thought we were still talking about death. Uh, well, we are, but you can hear songs about death in in oh, the Heurigen saw, and stuff like that. Um, with with different stuff like that. Um, like there's a there's a um, a line from a, um, uh, the English translation, I guess, would be tavern musician, but the really um, Heurigen Musiker, um they, they play at these beautiful little wine places you can go, um, but they have a song that says. Um, I I don't have the German for me, but the English translation is "Sell my clothes, I'm going to heaven." Um, so yes, <laughs> That's funny. yeah. So so yeah. So they, I feel like they don't have as serious of a like a dark relationship with death. I feel like the Viennese view it in a different way.
1: I like that mm-hmm. though. I like that. I do too. I mean, I, yeah. I, I but I think that definitely has to be ingrained in you from a young age because I, I I think I. Uh, Even though I I try to look at death realistically, I think I struggle to have that level of pragmatism about
0: it. (laughs) Sure. Well, we're also we're also you know in our late twenties, whatever the hell that means. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like we'll probably have a different relationship with it as we age. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've all talked to our grandparents and Exactly. They'll
1: mention someone that's dead every ten minutes. Exactly. <laughs> my friend, she's dead now. Right. Well,
0: I remember uh. asking my my great aunt if she if she was, you know, scared to die or ready to die. And she said, I remember her telling me, I've lived a good life, I've lived a long life. She was in her nineties when she passed and she was like, It's yeah. time. I feel like there's definitely gonna be a point. Like, it's always funny when people say, oh, would you would you be Im- immortal if you could, like, never die? And I'm like, I don't know, like, if my body stays the same, maybe, but, like, our bodies are yeah. just going to get worse. Are we going to keep aging? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And aging is tough. Like,
1: Yeah. It's like I would might consider if I could freeze at, like, I don't know, 25 and keep my 25-year-old body. But right. I don't know if I'd want to live forever in a three hundred and sixty two year old. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We'd have to update it somehow before that happened. Right. Because or else you'd just be a walking skeleton at some point. Without a doubt.
0: Yeah. But anyways, as as I mentioned, the Viennese have a very interesting relationship with death. And uh, and that kind of led me to thinking about our song of the pod for this week. And uh, and I wanted to when when Jared suggested we do an episode about death across cultures this was actually one of the first things that came to mind um, for A Song of the Pod, which is um, it's by Brahms, who's also buried in the um, Cent- uh, Zentralfriedhof in Vienna. So you can see his grave as well. Um, a little history about him before we get into the actual song. Really, I guess this should be called The piece of the Pod, because it's not really a song, but a, a classical piece. Um, and Johannes Brahms was the um, director of the... Um, I believe, of the um, um, Vienna Musikhaus or Konzerthaus. Um, But he was actually German. And he was also raised Protestant, although later in life he said he was not a very religious guy. Um, But he was was more known in Vienna as a director um, than a composer, although he had composed music beforehand. But this song of our pod for this week is called Deutsches Requiem, which just means German Requiem. And we actually um, there are seven movements in this piece, but we decided to go with the first one, which in my opinion is one of the best. Um, and the title um, is Selig sind die, da Leid tragen," which means um, "Blessed are those who kind of uh, who suffer, basically, or blessed are those who literally carry the suffering." Um, is is mm-hmm. I mean, if you were to literally translate it, um, and it, well, I would say wear the suffering. Oh, that's good. That's better. Good call, Jared. This is why I keep you around, my man. But uh, <laughs> yes, so so first of all, before I get into the history of the piece, what are your initial thoughts of it, Jared? Because I, I sent it to you. I'm assuming you gave it a quick little listen. What are your thoughts? I did. Um, well, it makes a
1: little more sense now. I didn't I didn't know what Zalig meant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have Googled it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't. But uh, I didn't realize that that word was suffering. No, no. Zalig is blessed. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Life is, is suffering. suffering. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't know. Excuse me. I didn't know Zalig was uh, blessed. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it is, I mean, the 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 suffering part of it, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. It's a very very it's slow piece. It's um, it's um, a lot like it's m- not mellow's not the right word. Right, mellow's never been the right word to describe it. It's a, a ch- uh, classical piece. Right. But yeah, it's very somber, and um, I, I I liked it. It was it was it was beautiful. And the one you sent me was even recorded at uh, the Wiener
0: Staatsoper. By the Vienna Staatsoper Chor. Mm-hmm. The Viennese uh, State the, Opera Choir, and mm-hmm. also the the Vienna um, uh, um, um, Symphonica, the, the Viennese the Symphony. Symphony, you. right. Um, yes, yeah, so this was his actually his 45th work, opus number 45. And Jared, do you have any guesses why he called it um, uh, Ein Deutsches Requiem? Uh no, but that's
1: mainly because I don't really know what a requiem means. Well, I'm more concerned
0: about the word Deutsches.
1: We okay. we say oh, we say we, say
0: we say requiem or a requiem in English. I mean, this is translated right. to a German requiem. So a requiem. I'm probably not saying it right. Um, requia requiem. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Well, uh, it's a tough word to so, say. <laughs> but so, so
0: this actually refers to. Um, I think some people, I don't want to mislead our listeners, which is why I asked. Um, So the reason why this is called Ein Deutsches Requiem is because historically, whenever you wrote a uh, um, Requiem, you would write it in Latin, and especially a lot of the Requiems were Catholic, right? Like If you look at Ah. any Mozart Requiem is in Latin, you look at other ones by Berlioz and other composers, they're all in Latin. So this was one of the first ones that was actually written in German so I think that's important to mention and also if it's written in German that also means that you're not using the holy scriptures of Catholics and as I mentioned Mm -hmm. when I was talking about Brahms he was brought up Protestant Um, so he actually picked very carefully um, which passages to use in his um, in his Requiem so here, so we're talking about the first movement. There are seven movements, and actually, when this when this entire requiem debuted, there were only five, and he added two later, which I thought I also think is interesting. But for all of our non-German-speaking fans out there, um, oh, this is an even better translation, Jared. Blessed are they who bear suffering. There you go. Yes. Even better. Yes. And so that actually comes from Matthew five, chapter four. Right, it's five colon four. Would that be five chapter four? Chapter no, chapter five verse. Thank four. you. Sorry, I'm not a big Bible guy. So Matthew, <laughs> um, um, chapter five verse four, which is "Blessed um, are they who bear suffering," which is the the first part of it where they say they and they sing it very slowly. Zelig sind die da leid tragen, and it's beautiful. that the the harmonies in the in the choir are just. I mean, uh, yes. yeah. I mean, honestly. The first couple times I listened to this piece, almost the whole way through, I was almost in tears. I mean, this piece is so moving.
1: I honestly would have listened to it a couple more times, but it's it's tough as a pre pod song. <laughs> right? I, try to, I like to listen to like stuff to get me in a good mood before right. the pod, and that does
0: not do exactly. it. But it is powerful. Like it's powerful. Exactly. And then the uh-huh. uh, so that was the first part of the the text is from Matthew chapter five verse four. The next part is from Psalm. Chapter 126, verse 5 and 6. So for those, uh, the English translation are they that sow in tears shall reap in joy, which I think is a great. I'm not a very religious person, but I love what some of these, how these things sound and the meanings of them, you know?
1: But uh, you don't have to be a religious person to be able to see like the beauty in the Bible and and the words written in it, because it it, it is
0: beautifully written. Exactly. And what's interesting, too, with this is then it ends with, again, um, blessed are those or they who bear suffering. But what's cool about this piece, Jared, um, sorry to get my music nerd on a little bit, but uh, I want to talk about the the theory of this a little bit. So the piece starts in F major, and uh, if you look at the actual, I've looked at the score before. And if you look at the actual musical score, um, what it says on there is ziemlich langsam und mit ausdruck, which means rather slow and with expression. So mm-hmm. I think that's good to keep in mind. And then it shifts to D flat major during the next, the, the Psalms chapter 126 verses 5 and 6. Then it goes back to F major, which I think is pretty cool that it doesn't stay in one key. Um, mm-hmm. And the first movement is about, at least if you watch the video that we'll be posting on our, on our Twitter, it's about, I think, 11 minutes or so, somewhere around there. Yep. Um, yep. But what's interesting about this piece, though, Jared, let me give you a little bit of the history of it. So, and this is kind of, um, this is a little um, debated between, um, between musicologists and music the- uh, theorists and historians, more the historians, I guess. But some people attribute the loss of Brahms' mother... He was an only child and very close with his mother. Some people will tell you that's what motivated him to write this piece. Others will tell you because his mother died in 1865 and this piece came out in, I think it was debuted in like um, 1867 or so. I could be wrong. Okay. But, oh, sorry. No, it it would have been 69. Sorry. Um, But because right here it says composed 1865 to 1868 um so it would have been six is that how long it took him to actually do it to, to write it all yes but then the okay. other thing is his very close friend and confidant uh robert schumann who's also a fantastic composer especially if you're a pianist you should de- definitely check out some of schumann's work jared he's a pal and a confidant right and
1: he do you know what that's what i just said that from by the uh, way that's part of the uh, golden girls uh, theme. theme. so oh
0: okay i've I've never heard that before but all right good good to know um good to know but yeah so he also died in so his mother died in 65 and it says the loss caused him much grief and some people say it may have inspired the deutsches Requiem. however also robert schumann died in 1856 um but People argue, you know, some people say that's why he wrote it. Some people say he was already writing something and this just kind of inspired him more. Uh, I mean, this is a stupid conversation. I, I
1: mean, I, there's, it's stupid, one, because you'll never know the answer. Correct. And two, does it really matter? I mean, the, because you're arguing, the argument is over was it about his friend or was it about his mother? I think it was about but, both. That's yeah, I say, was but either way,
0: it's about I mean, either way, it's clearly about mourning a death. Well, and that's exactly. And that's why I mentioned this, because I, I wanted to mention that if you actually read the text of of the first movement or even all seven, it's more about really, at least to me, it seems it's more about um, not necessarily honoring the death, but trying to comfort the living.
1: Oh, so that's why I brought that up. Yeah, I think it's. So that's why it says that's for example, like with this title, "Blessed are the people that wear their um, what's the word, wear their or, bear um, um,
0: that bear their suffering."
1: Right, bear their suffering. Mm-hmm. So it's saying so it's essentially uh, by that title. I'm assuming you're saying is there is something beautiful to bearing
0: your suffering for people. Mm-hmm. Well, and and so yeah, right. And and the other thing that's also mentioned too is. There's also a line in there where it says these people who suffer will be comforted. Yes. So I think I think if you think about it that way, it kind of makes sense that I think his I think his mother and his dear friend Robert Schumann, I think that would maybe play a bit of a role in the composition factor of what text you choose, right? Because and if you mm-hmm. also look at a lot of the music and a lot of the text, he doesn't mention a lot about like Jesus Christ or things like that. Like I said, it's more about Comforting those who are still living. I wonder if this
1: piece was controversial. Controversial back in the it day. It was. I was. That was my okay. next thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, so so good work. <laughs> yeah. So this was. Well,
0: one. It was. It was actually. So it was um, debuted in Vienna, actually, um, and to what they thought was going to be a small concert, because as I mentioned earlier, he was more known as a as a director and not a composer, and so. But actually, a lot of people came um to to this when it so it was actually um uh, it was actually debuted on december 1st okay so i was kind of right it was debuted on december 1st 1867 but the partial premiere and i say partial because not all the movements were written at the time i think it was only the first three movements Um, sadly there were some sections marked that should have been um um piano forte and they were played at as forte or or a fortissimo and what ended up happening was the timpani drowned out the entire ensemble singing. <laughs> What's a
1: piano forte? Uh,
0: uh, um,
1: I mean like mezzo piano, like a loud forte, right? Oh, and a loud forte is a fortissimo.
0: Oh, p- oh, maybe it's not piano forte. It's it's p. Maybe you meant like a mezzo piano. Well, it's or pf. That's right here. Uh, pf. Huh. I'm not sure. Um, sadly, I have not been up on my music theory, um, in my music analysis in a while, but anyways, what it says here though, is it essentially drowned out the rest of the ensemble. Um, but yes, so, but then the first performance of the six movements were actually premiered in Bremen where Brahms already really had a good reputation as a composer. Um, and this was actually on Good Friday on the 10th of April, 1868, and Brahms conducted, and Julius Stockhausen was the baritone soloist. Um, the, the This performance was a great success, and it marked a turning point in Brahms' career. So this was a very important piece for Brahms, but it did not receive a an incredibly positive reception in Vienna, unfortunately. I think nowadays it does, and this piece has become very, very popular, and some of that is actually due to um, uh, Schoenberg, Schönberg wrote essays about um, the fact that Brahms was actually more of a progressive composer, although a lot of people did not consider him that at the time. So I think that's. But it's mm-hmm. go ahead. It seems like the concept of writing
1: a requiem, which is usually a Catholic mm-hmm. thing written in Latin, written, written in Latin, in mm-hmm. Latin, writing that uh, as a German requiem and not focusing as heavy on the Bible and more on you know uh, the the grieving. Mm-hmm. That definitely seems pretty uh, out there at the time. Oh, for sure. So I, I could definitely imagine some controversy being like, you're ruining this form. Exactly. With, <laughs> Just imagine that. like people in like the late 1800s being like, you call this music? <laughs> I mean, honestly,
0: man, it's kind of like how a lot of people react to mumble rappers
1: yeah that's what i was thinking or or, yeah like anytime or like when rock first started or something like that right or different or different styles
0: of jazz emerged. you know people are like oh you're playing bebop like what is that like why are you (laughs) playing all these notes you know exactly you're you're 100 right i would say he was brahms was the scatter of his day well well (laughs) well back then it actually would have been wagner
1: there were kind of two camps back then it
0: was wagner and it was brahms um but yeah, but that's that's another conversation for another time. So for all of our listeners right. out there, check out um, Ein Deutsches Requiem. We will be posting the first movement on Twitter. Um, it's a great piece. Don't listen to it if you're already in a crappy mood. Well, maybe do. Maybe it'll make you feel better. I don't know. Who, who am I going to tell you when you should listen to music, <laughs> right? Hey, you listen to the song when you want exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jared, I think uh, it's been long overdue that we do some jokes of the pot.
1: This episode could ease it more than anyone we right? have, we've ever had. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Although some of these some of these jokes are kind of dark, so so uh, that's okay. All right, Jared. The first one, and you probably know this one, but it's kind of it's kind of funny. So I'll say it. Why do cemeteries have fences around them? I have no idea. I've not heard this one before. Because people are dying to get in. <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, mm-hmm. that's actually mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs> right. what did the this is a this is a a custom made one for you an original oh i love the originals. what did the uh what did the coroner or the undertaker say to the new prospective employee um i don't know don't worry about losing your job we'll never run out of customers
1: (laughs) well i had i used to have a um uh, actually, funny enough, an economics teacher uh, in high school that would always say that um, the funeral home business is one that'll never
0: go like go away. Right, it, and and they're they're not wrong. Especially if you're in Ghana, make some sweet caskets. I know. I mean, but that it might not go away, but I think we'll It'll probably, change. as time goes on, be using things like caskets less and less. Yeah, and, I agree. Also, on an unrelated note, apparently caskets are really expensive.
1: Yeah. Also, you can buy casks at Costco. Did you know that? I did know that. That just
0: weirds me out. (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine if they had caskets six at walmart ca- six caskets please right. <laughs> they'll get a walmart casket oh man all right jared i got another one for i got a couple of them for you Oh
1: walmart casket right. i just imagine like the pallbearers carrying it and one like one of the like it just falls and breaks off it's like oh god the handles right. broke there's a walmart logo <laughs> keep like receipt? on the side <laughs> right.
0: oh man all right i got another one for you um so jared do you know what the death rate is nowadays no it's one per person
1: okay i like that <laughs>
0: that sounds like a dark dad joke. right <laughs> right um all right jared like i said i got quite a few of these so here we go what's the difference between a bad golfer and a bad skydiver
1: <laughs> i mean
0: well a bad skydiver is gonna die <laughs> A bad bad golfer goes, whack, and then says, damn. A bad skydiver goes, damn, and then whack.
1: I like that. (laughs) Oh,
0: that's a good one, isn't it? Oh, man, that's just too funny. All right. All right, I got one that's more of a story for you, Jared. So this guy goes goes to the doctor. The doctor says, I have some bad news for you and some very, very bad news. The patient says, well, you might as well give me the bad news first. I call, the lab called with your test results. You have 24 hours to live. The patient says 24 <laughs> hours. That's terrible. What could be worse? What's the very, very, very bad news? I've been trying to reach you since yesterday. That's what the doctor said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've heard that okay. one before. I do like that. This is
0: also a funny <clears throat> one. Um, I could see you maybe pulling this. Maybe you wouldn't. I don't know. But uh, this boss is uh, talking with his, uh, um, one of his colleagues, or I guess one of his uh, supervisees. And uh, asks him, he says, do you believe in life after death? That's what the boss asked one of his employees. And the new employee says, yes, sir. And then the boss says, well, then that makes everything just fine. After you left early yesterday to go to your grandmother's funeral, she stopped in to see you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's creepy. That is creepy, right? (laughs) All right.
0: Here's my last one. And I think this might be one one of the better ones. We'll see. Not as good as my own original, if, if I'm tooting my own <laughs> horn, but here we go. Why did the cowboy die with his boots on? Why did the cowboy die with his boots on? I don't know. Because he didn't want to stub his toe when he kicked the bucket.
1: Uh that one deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it already. Right?
0: That's right. You don't want to stub your toe when you're kicking the bucket, kids. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Well, Jared, yeah, those, those those are uh, my corny jokes. Things. I figured since I hadn't given our listeners some jokes in a while, have to bring quite a few to the table. So I hope you all enjoy yeah, those, especially after the death episode. Right? No kidding. I feel like though too, a sense of humor sometimes is what we need, you know, in in hard times. You know, when you're grieving or yeah. And I was talking to a British guy one time, and he said that he truly believes World War II shaped British humor because of all the death and loss. People had to find a way to laugh at really dark, macabre stuff. So it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. That makes sense. Right?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah. And I, that kind of goes along with the the celebration part of mm-hmm. it. Is some people find celebration and humor and jokes and stuff. Oh, absolutely. I know I
0: do. I'm so, pretty sure both of us yeah. do. I think that's safe. I to definitely say. do too. Yeah. Well, Jared, it's come to that time, the end of the pod, and I want to leave all of our listeners with a with a quote. And our quote of the pod is from uh, one of the uh, Roman emperors, Marcus Aurelius. And the quote is, It is not death that a man should fear, but he should fear never beginning to live. Mm -hmm. I think I legitimately fear that. Right? It's a good fear to have, I think.
1: I I think about that a lot. um, And let's make this clear. I like my job. I think about this a lot sitting in a cubicle Mm -hmm. all day. Where it's like this, this can't be, this can't be what it is. Like this can't be, the next forty whatever years, right. and it it doesn't. It, and once again, even though I like what I do, mm. it it doesn't feel like living to me. Well, it just feels like I
0: think I think work in general is it, surviving. It's exactly. Well, it's just a part of life, you know. Yeah,
1: but you can, but I, but you can also work, and and and. Do something for you mm-hmm. like that's that's what it is more for me is i don't have a problem with the working part uh, i actually think i might have a slight workaholism right to me but it's more um it's more the doing something for you mm-hmm. and and liking what you do i have the liking part but it's not for me you know it's for a company right. you'll get there buddy you Thank will get you. there hey hey everyone Tell more people to uh, listen to this podcast That's right. so I can quit my That's job. <laughs> That's
0: right. Just remember, it's not death that we should fear, but we should fear never beginning to live. So on that note, Jared and I would like to thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to our various social media channels, either on Instagram at Untranslatable Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, especially for our Songs of the Pod. Uh, you can find us at Untranslatable1. And please shoot us an email. We'd love to hear your stories, your untranslatables. I feel like Jared and I talk way too much about ourselves, and we definitely need some input from all of our amazing listeners out there. So we would like to thank you and have a wonderful evening or morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast, and we will talk to you all next time.